It is Monday. Kevin and Ben here with you. Thanks for making us a part of your day. PJ out sick today, uh, but we'll hope to have him back uh, tomorrow. As again, we counted down the last couple of shows here of Three and Out. And glad you are with us. Uh, always glad you're with us. Uh, thanks for making us a part of your day for all of these afternoons. We've still got plenty to get to. College football is back, kind of. It'll really be back uh, this week uh, as we get into week one. And it opens uh, in mass. Uh, around the country, so we'll talk about that. Matt Smith, southernpigskin.com, will join us here on the program, and we will talk college football with him as well. Always, you're always welcome to call the show, 912-342-7184, 912-342-7184, if you want to hop on the show. or sit, If you want to. You want to hop on, Christian? You want to crash the show? I mean... <clears throat> no. That's the... Uh, <laughs> That's the content we know and love. No, no, Christian hit us with the silent for, uh, no. <laughs> no, Kevin, you want to you hop on? No. It's going to be biblical. No, 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 I will say this. If all of you, you know, we, we can say certain things now with the show, uh, you know, show uh, last couple of shows. If you want to know what it's like to be in a relationship, Kevin and Christian just showed you. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin starts the show. He says, hey, yeah, do you want to get on? No. So no. you stand right in front of me. You look right at me <laughs> to say no. But then later on, it'll be no. Maybe I said no because the way you look at me, I know you didn't win. So you looked at me, and because of how I looked at you, you said you don't want to come on. Yeah. But didn't I ask you? I don't like your tone. Okay. Yeah. Hundred percent relationship. Uh, <laughs> relationship well. goes. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We've got the, again a lot to get to here yes. on the show. Matt Smith going to join us. A lot to try to get to here uh, this week as we are, as Ben said, in the countdown of our uh, final now three shows uh, until uh, three and out on the radio uh, is no more. So, uh, again, if you wish to join us, hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. Uh, we are streaming live ESPNCoastal.com. You can also comment on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, and catch the show there uh, as well. Plenty of brave stuff to talk about. But, Ben, first and foremost, college football is back, and it took exactly... 28 seconds uh, before people started complaining about uh, their favorite team. Nebraska and Northwestern were the first up. And then the entirety of the first half, it was, oh, here we go again with Scott Frost and Nebraska. They come back. They take the lead for some stupid reason. Try to onside kick up 10 uh, in that ballgame and then end up losing to Northwestern. And you got to feel bad uh, because I know BJ talks about, you know, statistical things. And usually, hey, if you lose a lot of close games – like, it's bound to turn in your favor at some point. Just the odds of you to keep losing every close game uh, are, is bound to turn in your favor. N- apparently not if you're Scott Frost in Nebraska. I think that's what, like, eight, nine in a row they've lost by one possession. I think they lost eight games last year by one score. That is brutal. I mean, people talk about this all the time, Ben. Would you rather lose by 55 or by uh, less than a touchdown? Man, if I lost eight, nine in a row yeah. by less than a touchdown, I'm like, oh, dude, what do we got to do? Yeah. What do we got to do to put one over? And if you're Scott Frost, uh, you flew all the way to Dublin just to have the same old narrative started up again of, uh, is it ever going to happen and, and should Nebraska move on? Well, 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 Kevin, I mean, I want to I go back to recent history. People ask, hey, man, how can you, how can you usually dictate a future, future uh, results? Well, past results. <laughs> uh, and uh, Scott Frost's first year there was uh, 2018. They went 4-8. They were 3-6 in the Big Ten. 2019, there was five and seven, so they did improve, but there was also three and six in the Big Ten. Uh, 2020, they were three and five, 
because you know had uh, short. You know I didn't. And uh, three and five, and you know uh, they tied for fifth. Then uh, twenty twenty one, there was three and nine. There was one and eight in the Big Ten. And this year, zero oh and one. This is the thing. People ask, why do they give you know why do they give uh, Scott Frost so much time? It be these buyouts. It's not what he's doing. It's these buyouts. And Scott Frost. And just to show you guys, though, people saying, well, what happened before Scott Frost got there? I'm glad you asked. In 2015, under Mike Riley, there was six and seven. Right? I'm sorry, 2015. In 2016, under Mike Riley, they were nine and four. Now, Kevin, that's an outlier. Because in 2017, they were four and eight. So in the last, so since 2015, they've won six and seven, nine and four, four and eight, four and eight, five and seven, three and five, three and nine, and 0 and one. At a certain point, you gotta ask yourself. Is it the program or is it the coach? And right now, you really don't know. You really, really can't tell. You've had one winning season in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. In the last seven seasons, you had one winning season. And Kevin, you know, we, we said this. We rooting for Scott Frost, but you know why we rooting for him? Because of what he did at UCF, right? But UCF's been pretty good since he's left. So that just shows you that that program has staying power. That culture, that structure they got built up. Is pretty. Nebraska's been a while. Been a while, and I don't know what it's going to take, but when you got big-time big, big time programs like Nebraska, who, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Adamagin Sue gave enough money to get the weight room named after him. Shout out to you, Adamagin Sue. Love you, Florida. Not getting my money. I'm just saying, it's like, what what is the problem? Because, Kevin... We talk about Clemsoning. That's over with now, right? Right. We, you know, we talk about. Our, we don't call it NC Stating. We just call it. They're gonna. They're gonna do something. They're gonna ACC itself. We. We NC State right. hasn't. And Nebraska is one of those head scratchers. Like you saying, why do y'all? It's almost like you saying, "Hey man, they winning. They're not gonna mess this up." And you do an onside kick. Why? You're gonna. Why? So, you don't get the ball back, and you just switch the momentum that you never got back. Make them draw the length of the field. Like, what you were doing up to that point was working. Bad teams make bad decisions in inopportune times. That's what Scott Frost did. They're going to ask the game, that's on me. Well, yeah, coach, we've gotten used to hearing that, you know, the last, I don't know, what is it, one, two, three, four, five, five years. And, and Kevin, this is why fan bases go crazy. We talked about this before the show. I don't know what it is about a game week of your of it was your favorite college team your your timeline is flooded yep. i've seen more florida utah previews i know the players favorite colors what they like to do when they ain't playing foot it's crazy but but i will say this right now what the, the age old question do you want the team you root for to win more than you want your rival team to lose and the question and answer that is i don't know <laughs> I really don't know because I know about both of them. If you are, but the thing about Nebraska is Nebraska has become that team that everybody wants to pile on. Cause you know who didn't lose on Saturday? That would be Vanderbilt. And not only did they win. Oh, I knew that was coming. Well, well think I about mean, this. Come again. on. Well, Kevin, this is the thing, right? I mean, what? we're we're making out Vanderbilt to be like oh. 2001 Georgia. No, 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 no. Here, no. here it is, Kevin. No, no, no. Talking about talking about some of the haven't 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 won an opening game. I think since like 26. Uh, oh, I don't right. know if it's an opening game, but haven't gone, got a chance to go 2-0. But this is the thing, though, Kevin. Vanderbilt, no, we got to get eyes out early. <laughs> it's going to get ugly after week two. But that's a, when we said this, though, Kevin, not only did they already have a bowl game atmosphere, they took Hawaii to the woodshed. It was, listen, when you when you, when you when D-Lyman are picking up fumbles and running back in, it's a good day. But shout out to them, Commodore. But somebody said this. I think, I, I think, uh, I think they might have stole somebody's veto. 
because that V looks real similar to another V uh, in college football. But Vanderbilt, they got the dub. You know, they look good doing it. Clark Lee said it. Best program in college football. <laughs> now that's not that's not we know we know that's not the truth. Did they score the most points in week one? I think six, I think sixty three. I think six three. Maybe they are the best team in college. Kevin for, for one, one week. Listen, listen for, for one well, week. Not even one week because it was week zero. Yeah, so. because, exactly. So, 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 so when you find listen, so think about this. So so ten years from now, when somebody said, "Man, remember when they beat? Remember when they beat Hawaii, man? Yeah, well they weren't even in rank because it was week zero. So they don't even count that week. Week zero. So, so what does uh, does does Nebraska say? Fellas, don't even worry about that. It don't even count. Oh, it does. Northwestern. Wow. Yeah. I mean, look. I, I, and again, I I I I love it because again, everybody's excited about Week One coming up. Tennessee fans will be excited until one second after the game kicks off, and then it'll be like, why why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Uh, coming up this weekend, Georgia fans. I mean, you should be excited because you're defending national champs, but you know. Stetson throws a pick against Oregon, uh, and then uh, here it comes. You know, it's like you just know. You just know. College football fans can't be happy. No, for Kevin, them. you know, no, Kevin. What you missing is this. No, the brawl for it all is Week One against the former USC college. Oh, the, that is U- true. USC quarterback. The back, and literally, so he brawl the backyard well, brawl. And this is my thing. When, when, when did becoming a uh, starting quarterback become breaking news? Breaking news. JT Daniels is a husband named to start at West Virginia. You think? I mean, Slovis. You know, he's gonna be the starter. I mean. Didn't we already know this? I mean, they've been on more teams than Ryan Fitzpatrick in the NFL. These boys are well-traveled. They are a long way, long way from Southern California. But you're wishing them the both, both the best because they, they better play well. Right? They better play well. Haynes King, he's going to be the starter, you know, in Texas A&M. Right? The Pittsburgh Steelers don't know who the hell their starter is because you know who's starting for the Seattle Seahawks, Kevin? It is not Drew Locke. It is Geno Smith. What is going on in Seattle? <laughs> All I know is college football is back. This is why we love it, Kevin, because it's so many storylines that you cannot keep up with them. Because you know who people saying watch out for? And it makes me sick. Texas, what are we doing? Watch out for what? What? You just took the bread and, and, and left? Got his cheese in Ohio State. Got to spend a year in Columbus. We're like, nope, can't do it. Don't never saw snow in my life. Not dealing with it. I'm going back, <laughs> going back to Texas. But hey, college football is back. Week one is officially here. Vanderbilt dominated the headlines uh, in week zero. Sorry, Scott Frost. A different year, same result. We'll see. Y'all gonna be bottom feeders until something else happens. And uh, hey, man, you know Florida State get a big dub. You know, somewhat- I mean. I mean, I, I'm just uh, Kevin. You, you Kevin is that why like, BJ's not here? He was uh, too busy partying that big dump. I will over, say uh, that. I will say this. I will, I will say this. Call BJ during the game. Phone don't work. Soon, 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 soon as the score goes final. Hello. Uh, you wasn't even watching the game. You can't pick up the phone. But hey, but shot, but shot, but listen. Shout out to the Florida State boys. Listen, there's not a lot of passing to go around. But if you if you ran the football uh, for Florida State on Saturday, you probably got you a nice TD. Yeah, we'll we, got a, we got a comment from uh, from Mike there on YouTube. Tell me why there are so many Thursday games. It's supposed to be Saturday. Well, Mike, I will say this. It's, hey. One, it's TV. Two, I mean, we have to make up for the embarrassment that was week zero. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm being honest. Yep. But you look ahead, Thursday night, Tennessee's in action. You got Oklahoma State uh, in action. Pitt-West Virginia might be the best game it is. on, uh, on it Thursday is. night. The backyard brawl renewed with two former Southern Cal quarterbacks. Uh, going at it, I mean, you got Penn State, Purdue. That's a big. That's a conference game. Makers. That's a conference game going on there. You got uh, some other. I mean, Louisiana Tech, Missouri. I mean, if you think Missouri might be the team that Vanderbilt can beat, 
that could get interesting. Uh, and you got a couple other games. And actually, Friday's got, what, seven, eight games on Friday as well. So it's all TV. They've kind of turned, much like Ben has said about the draft, we're going to take something that's awesome and turn it into a, a three-day event. Stretch it out. We're going to take the opening of college football, and we're going to milk it for as many days as we can get. And you know what, Mike? You're a sucker. And I say that in the nicest sense because I'm a sucker. Yeah. Ben's a sucker. Yeah. We're going to sit there. We're going to flip channels on Thursday night. And then we're going to maybe take in a few uh, Friday. And then Saturday, I'll be worthless. I'll be watching college football, albeit with a different frame of mind. But, I mean, you got got that. There's more on Thursday. Yep. There's more on Monday. Yep. I mean, again, you got five days in a row to just sit there and and watch football. And Kevin finally said it. Like, you know. We've known Kevin a long time now. People are like, what is what is it about college football? What? Yeah. We suckers for it. <laughs> it is. Like, 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 think about this. We know what's gonna happen. But you know what? You know why they do night games? Why? Rain delays. Because <laughs> it's gonna be a rain delay. And we got to sit there. Like, Florida playing Utah at seven o'clock in yeah, the fall. I was gonna say, what, what game is the in like, Florida is what, gonna get what delayed? What is the likelihood it's gonna rain? I don't care if it's 20%, it's gonna rain. <laughs> and we're gonna have to sit. But what is worse than rain? Pre primetime games and freaking commercials. They will go to commercial. Listen, man, somebody just needs. We'll be we're gonna take a take a pause for the calls. Oh, oh, somebody's laying on the field. Oh, they run the offense too fast. D lineman got the signal to lay on the field. It's gonna, the game will end. Listen, the game will the game will end eleven fifty nine. Just so they say the game didn't go into Sunday. Yes, it did. <laughs> of course, it did. I'm tell, and, and and Florida got about three games open up at night. Like you say, Kevin, it's about listen. It's about programming. We want to dominate all day long. We want the night. We want the we want the opening day game. We want the midday game. We want the Sunday night game. We want the game of the week. Yeah, Mike said he's he's only got three TVs. He's gonna have to watch some on the phone. You, Mike, what the hell you mean you only got three? Can I come to watch? Yeah, Mike, lying. What's your, and I come watch. What watch you mean you room? only got? I only got three TVs. I ain't even got a TV in my bedroom. I've always been I like. See, I have Mike. I have this thing called a wife, and I don't have a man cave. So she will not let me have <laughs> oh, three she, TVs. Because she wants to see room. you. She knows <laughs> if you get a man cave. Now, oh, listen, what do you want? I want a re. I want a door, right? That she can't just kick open. Yeah. With a lock on it. I'm not allowed to have a, a room with like three TV screens in it. No, no, this is the thing, right? Every, I will say this. I don't have a man cave. I, I had one. I, I semi had one when I lived uh, in Florida. But my friend got one, and it's in his basement. And it is nice. And unfortunately, he's a Cowboys fan. So I had to deal with that. But Kevin, do when I go take, over, Do you ever go over there and say, hey, can you turn the Titans game on? No, I mean, <laughs> you know, even, even you not want to watch no, no, that. It's, it's one of those I'm, things, Kevin. That you know how like we already, you know how like we suckers when it comes to like college football. I get so sick of. I'm telling you, man, Dak, yeah, Dak and Zeke and Amika Park. It's not gonna work. Who cares? I mean, I mean, who cares? Listen, listen. The, the, the mere fact that you know Dak and them was first coming out the womb, right? When he was winning, when they was winning, you know, man, back in the '90s, yeah, mm-hmm, when gas was much lower and Dallas was winning. <laughs> No, Dallas, no, Dallas Cowboys are not winning it. I, if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, you're not winning it. You, don't, you can get mad at me all you want to. Jerry Jones is the master brander. He, that brand is serious. I think the highest, it's, I think it's the most expensive brand, uh, a franchise in, you know, a franchise. I think it's like Dallas and like the Yankees or something. Like Dallas, the Yankees, and the, and the Lakers. Probably. Lakers won, I think, in what, 2020? Uh, Yankees been since 2009. And, well, the Cowboys, ranked number one. So, People say, "Hey, man, you want you want to build you want to build a winning brand? Yeah, well, it can't be a winner. How about that? Because uh, Dallas Cowboy fans get mad at me. <laughs> but yeah, Kevin, I, listen, it is our prayer to Kevin. Listen to you to you man cave people out there. 
We want a free man cave. Freemancave.com. <laughs> we want it. Yeah, we deserve it. Yeah, <laughs> we certainly do. We certainly do. We got a lot to get to here on the show. We'll talk football. Matt Smith, SouthernPigskin.com will join us. Then and I will look at Georgia, Oregon, Florida, Utah coming up. Also, had a lot of big games on Saturday, week number one, uh, to get this thing started. It is three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Love to hear from you here as we come down the stretch of the show, 912-342-7184. Or you can send us a note on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. And we appreciate you being with us here on this Monday. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you here on 3 and 9 on this Monday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, thanks for making us a part of your day. At Pigskin Radio on Twitter, or you can uh, leave the thought on Facebook, Twitter, uh, as I just mentioned, or YouTube, uh, where you can watch us streaming live here on, on 3 and Out, as well as the radio network. But college football is back. Georgia and Oregon uh, Ben coming up this week. And our good pal AC said he wants to talk. Stetson Bennett here. AC, what's happening? Good afternoon. Thank you so much for taking my call. How you guys doing? Hey, we're doing all right. Perfect. You know what? I, you know, everybody's writing that. Everybody's counting out the mailman. I don't know why he calls himself the mailman. I got to do some homework. That's in Bennett. This is, this is what's going to take him to get to the high. He, he might win the Heisman Trophy. This is who I'm thinking. Let's assume he just decimate Oregon this weekend. Captain Bennett has a monster game, and here and out from that week after all the way to Georgia Tech game, it's relatively easy. Only thing this guy has to do is toss three to four touchdowns in a monster game. He could find himself in New York City where the Heisman Trophy, potentially he could win it. But this is what I'm going to say. This is a smart way to go on about for Georgia. Let's, let's face it, guys. Georgia and Alabama, they might lock up again for the SEC Championship. So my thing is, if I'm totally smart and the coaching staff and the game in half quarters away, a bench warmers, wherever you have the back of reserve, get them ready. Because, again, chances are I have Georgia to go undefeated and play for the SEC championship game, but it gets very tough because you're going to play Alabama most likely. But the trap game, if you look at that schedule other than Oregon game, Kentucky, don't count, count them out. Probably Tennessee will be a trap game too. But I ex- that's the only team I'm going to hang up by saying that Georgia is one of the teams that I see is likely to go undefeated. Alabama, they, they, I have Alabama to lose to Tennessee. If they go down against Ole Miss, I would not be surprised. Thank you so much for taking my call. I know I do a lot of talking. i got to cut it out right now. God bless you guys. Hey, appreciate it, uh, AC. And uh, Ben actually said he thought Stetson Bennett should have been in New York last year. Uh, I, I know you said that about <clears throat> halfway through the season. You said, look, the way he is playing, uh, he doesn't get a lot of the pub as a Bryce Young and some of the other guys uh, will get, but he's he's guiding the ship. He's doing uh, a lot of number of things. I actually think, uh, AC, some of the points you brought up, I don't see Al- I don't see Tennessee beating Alabama. I no. mean, they haven't done it for 15 years, so I will vote Alabama until Tennessee actually does it. I mean, as BJ would say, statistically, it's got to happen at some point, but... Stetson Bennett, I think, very much could be a Heisman a Trophy a finalist. Ben, again, I think you isolate some of the big games on the schedule, Oregon, uh, Florida, uh, and Auburn, uh, that I say national folks would pay attention to. Uh, and then if Kentucky is highly ranked when you play them, I have a big game there. Again, if you have big games at key moments, I think Stetson will uh, be a Heisman Trophy finalist. Now, 
as you said, schedule's relatively easy uh, for, for Georgia. They got a few uh, trap games there, but if they get by Oregon, uh, Ben, I, I think there's a great chance they can run the table uh, in the regular season uh, here in 2022 because they're ju- I think they're just better than most everybody they're going to put. Yeah. Look, I think AC makes a great point. The thing about Stetson Bennett is, I mean, he's always been the part. Now, some some way, Kevin, some way, shape, or form, he has to look the part nationally. When I say look the part, I mean, he's already he's a defending national champion. He was the uh, MVP of both the college football playoff and the national championship. He was on the number one team all season last year, only losing to Alabama in the SEC championship. And he's almost the same size, height, height and size as Bryce Young. Problem is, Bryce Young plays for Alabama one Heisman. And, Kevin, the thing about him surging up is, okay, just like we got a preseason top 25, there's a preseason Heisman list already, right? C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young and, you know, uh, Caleb Williams. And, you know, you, you, you already know who's at the top. Is he going to put up big numbers? Of course. Is Georgia going to be hard to beat? Absolutely. But unless people just start looking at him differently, it's almost like, like, like this, this, wouldn't, this wouldn't be far-fetched. There's a young man at West Virginia named JT Daniels. You know he's going to put up big numbers, Kevin, because they just throw the rock at West Virginia. I can see him getting a Heisman now. Now, it's not it's going to be because it's individual play and not necessarily because West Virginia is just, you know, beating up everybody. But, no, I do agree with AC. I think that a guy like Stetson Bennett, if we look at, if we look at blind taste tests, we're not coming in with any biases, Stetson Bennett would be one of them. But because, Kevin, you know that is not how college football works. That is not – it's hey man, either we either we either we like you, we validate everything you do, or we don't like you, try to invalidate everything you do, even in the midst of you doing it. So Stetson's like, look man, I'm a, I'm gonna go out here control, I can't control. I'm gonna try to, you know, we gonna we gonna beat we gonna you know, uh, we gonna beat the brakes off of most teams we play this year. Yes, Tennessee gonna be better, Kentucky's gonna be good, you know, Florida's gonna be you know uh, much improved, and uh, out in uh, and Auburn, I mean, who knows? Outside of Tank Bigsby, I don't even know who their quarterback is right now as far as, like, you know, who's going to be that stable one at the quarterback position. But, yes, Stetson Bennett is, to me, is the epitome of what college football is, a guy who grew up wanting to be a Bulldog, uh, put up big-time numbers in high school, uh, what, two what a two or three-star athlete, didn't, uh, didn't get, uh, didn't get uh, recruited by Georgia. Georgia can't seem to find a quarterback. Oh, what's up, Stetson? You want to come back on campus? Yeah. And they put a bunch of people in front of him, a bunch of people. And I, and, I, and, I, and I just think that now, Kevin, they're just realizing I've been surrounded by five stars since I came out of high school, and I've been better than all of them. Because that room is full of great players. They just ain't better than Stetson. And Stetson has been the most – he's been the, the most reliable player and most important player for Georgia the last three seasons. You know what I'm saying? I mean, prove me sure. wrong. But, yeah, AC, man, great. But, but AC, once again, somewhere, AC, I think you are really, your real name is Captain Obvious because you are saying <laughs> things that everybody knows. Stetson Bennett is going to be good, okay? George is probably going to go undefeated. They did it last year. I mean, I mean, give me something like, hey, man, Vanderbilt starting off wanting to know people should be nervous. Nope, that's a take. The take of the weekend, of the weekend, is I think Desmond Howard, I, I, I got to go back and check who he said was going to be in the college football playoff. It was something ridiculous. I'm going to make sure. Uh, Kevin, I'm going to look this up. But Desmond Howard's college football playoff, it was, it was, on, a, it was, on, a, it was on a level of, you know, uh, Tom Brady uh, got voted the number one player in the, in the NFL top 100 over Aaron Donald. Stuff like that, which he should, he should be in the top 10. But Desmond Howard said some, he said some blasphemous stuff. It was, like, sure. and that's the thing, right? 
When, when's the last time that people that are on television making good money? Why you don't have to do that? <laughs> like seriously, you're not. You, Desmond Howard was trying to go viral. Desmond Howard that won the Heisman. Desmond Howard that was Super Bowl MVP, saying crazy stuff. But yes, Kevin. Sorry, sorry, AC. Though yeah, AC, no, you, no. Know, I, you know I love you, but. Newsflash, George is going to be good. Sensibility is going to be good. Yeah, look, and again, you know? going up against Bo Dix in game number one, I don't know why. Well, I say that. Uh, Dan Lanning hasn't named Bo Nix officially the starter. Uh, I think Kirby Smart came out and said, look, I don't care if they name a starter or not. We know who's going to start. Uh, you think? Bo Nix, a kid from Georgia who went to Auburn, all of a sudden wants to go to Oregon. And he's not going to play? Yeah, that's not how that works. Right? I mean, but Ben, why, do you, why, why are coaches so secretive with this garbage? Like, it's... It's week one, and getting a college coach to release a depth chart is like pulling teeth, man. It's like, no, no, no. Maybe this guy will play, and maybe this guy will play. It's like Jim Harbaugh out here like, hey, we're going to start one guy in game one. I'm going to start another guy in game two. Like, why, with all the data that we have, with all the stuff that's out there, we swap film, we can see film on YouTube, even if you don't want to give it to us, like, why are coaches so reluctant just to say this guy's the starter? Like, is it going to make that much it's difference? Not, no. It's not. And and the thing is, too, this notion of, oh, we want them to prepare for two quarterbacks. They're not preparing for two quarterbacks. Like, and, and I don't get this coaching stuff they do now. Like, but is it your scheme basically the same? Yes, even it with is. The it is. I mean, I, I mean, you – I want to I want to put in the guy that gives us the most you know opportunity to run most of the offense, right? Not this other stuff, and that's why Desmond Ritter is the backup in Atlanta because him and Marcus Mariota are very similar, right? Josh Rosen, you don't fit the bill, sir. That's why you're on team like number five in five years. But Kevin, I have found it. Here, here is I know we talked about Vandy. I know we talked about Scott Frost. You know, I know I know we talked about Florida State in week zero. Desmond Howard, this is his final four. This is his. This is his final four in his college football playoff. SEC champion, Texas A&M. Right? Plays, okay. Plays the ACC champion, Pitt. Number three, the Big 12 champion, Baylor. And who do you think he had to pick the, to win the Big 10? I'll give you one guess. Penn State? Nope. Ohio State? Michigan? Nope. Michigan. Oh, well. So his final four. If that happens, that's no, no, his final Vegas. four. Texas A&M, Pitt, Michigan, and Baylor, which means Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State do not make the college football playoff. Let me tell you something, Desmond. You know it could happen. It could happen, but not probably. It could happen, but Michigan. That was hard for him to pick. Where did he go to college? Michigan. (laughs) That that, how long did that take? No. Look, do I want variety? Yes. Do I, in a sense, do I want chaos like that, Kevin? Yes. Because the only way we're going to know that the, that the national championship doesn't matter anymore when stuff like this happens. Like, Alabama winning it all the time, and a, and a, and a Southeastern, a cool, a, either, either a, a Southeastern Conference team's winning or a team in the Southeast winning, a.k.a. Clemson. So, because those teams are winning it, people have gotten bored. People are like, all right, well, let's do something crazy. Like, you know, Pitt. Hey, yeah, but the college football playoff, man, Pitt, Baylor. You know, Texas A&M and them boys from Michigan. But guess what? But I know why you're really doing this, uh, Desmond. Let me, let me go ahead and tell you this. Michigan still ain't going to win it all. You think because Alabama and Georgia and, and uh, Ohio State ain't in it, y'all still gonna, not going to win it all? The last thing we want to see is Pitt go from winning the ACC in 2021 and winning the Natty in 2022. 
that might be the reason why Notre Dame says we're going to come over to the ACC. And Greg Sink and go, dang it, we just missed out on that money. Because, Kevin, we know what this is about, man. Let's stop it. That's when I like it. But all I got to say is there's two things. Lee Corso, love you, man. It might be time to just, you know, move on to something else. If you saw <laughs> love, love Corso. But to me, right, that, like, Kevin, we always say this. How long is too long? Like, when is the time to – and, Kevin, they put him – he's on the set by himself. And I don't know what Corso is talking about, but it's like, hey, man – Give him, give him, give him a, a exit package with a bunch of cheese. <laughs> because Kevin, come on, Kevin, if that's if that's can, me can, up there, no, no, no. Can Lee come do the show with us? Hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, Lee can come through. Lee gonna say, "What do you want me to say, guys? Whatever you want." Now we ain't Whatever, got no, we, we ain't got no, we ain't got no mascot heads to put on. We ain't got that. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying, to me, don't, 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 don't do him like that. Don't, don't. Why, why are you gonna sit by himself? By the way, where is everybody at? I don't know. Or did they like, say, I'm not going out there with him. I'm not it's doing it. kind of like Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve. The last year he was out there, you're like, man, you felt bad for him. Like, hey, I mean, I mean, hey I, you're an iconic guy, and they're like running yeah. out there, and you're like, obviously in bad shape. I felt. I, no, it's, I, it's, I, it's, I it's one of those behind the scenes. They had some meetings. They said, dude, we don't need to do it. He says, no, this is what it was. They're having a meeting on the day of. I mean, they said, and somebody said, and why y'all talking? He done walked out there. What? He's on the Look. You he's know, out there already. He's out there saying, welcome back. It ain't welcome back yet. <laughs> <laughs> we got more to go here. It is three and out. Hit us up on Twitter, at Pigskin Radio, 912-342-7184. Love to hear from you here on three and out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back on this Monday. A lot of college football talk still to come here on the show. Matt Smith, southernpigskin.com. Uh, he will join us. We'll talk some college football uh, with him. And Ben, uh, the Braves over the weekend, they lose 2-3 or three to St. Louis. Three games back of the Mets. Uh, they got a day off today. A lot of people felt you let two slip away. Kenley Jansen blows one in horrific fashion on Saturday night. And then A.J. Mentor pitching three days in a row. Uh, let's one get away on Sunday with a home run late. How do you shake that kind of stuff off when, you know, this thing obviously is going to come down to maybe a game or two games at the end of the year? I think, Kevin, it happens. I think I think what happens when it comes to, you know, that, that meme that goes out every time, every time, uh, you know, the Braves win, the guy goes, the Braves don't lose. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes we forget that they're going up against really good. I mean, they they're, they're like, not going to go 50 Yeah, they're like the Cardinals it. are just like push they, they are They're a good baseball team as well. It's just – the the, the, th- the thing about the thing about the Braves, or maybe it's just a theme in baseball this year, Kevin. Why is it when you see six to three, six to two, you don't turn don't turn it don't 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 turn your <laughs> dial because the game in because it seems like this year in scoring in baseball it happens in one inning, man. They just they had a four you know four run inning or what may have you, but give the Cardinals a lot of credit. I mean the Braves are still the barometer. The Braves are still the defending world champs. The people are still like looking at how well their team plays or played when they go up against the Braves. I, I get it when they lost, you know, a game two and people are like, oh, this game you thought they should have won. But the Braves are still in the thick of things. They still, you know, keeping tabs on those pesky Mets. You still got I mean the season is coming and the season is coming down to the wire, which we know it, which people here, like I said, it, it amazed me every year, Kevin. You go, dude, it's 162, but don't get caught up in the number. It's going to take every single game. 
it'd be amazing the team, you know, the team that win the division. Oh, they won it by you know a half a game. They won it by a game. It's never you know going away with it. So shout out to the Cardinals for you know uh, for not tucking their tails and running, making you know a winning two out of three. The Braves. I mean, once again, Kevin, I'm just I'm just happy that they're not you know losing series. Oh, you know, oh to three or. I know the whole – listen, the old Bobby Cox just went – listen, man, just went series. Yeah. You win series, I mean, you got a really, really chance, really good chance to be good. But, hey, man, shout-out to the Cardinals. Get it done. The Braves let one get away from them. I think you dusted off. If you haven't found a way to deal with winning and losing by this time with the Braves, I mean, what you did in the month of June saved your season. Like, let's just call it what it is. Because, Kevin, you know just like I know. June could have been – man, remember in June? Yeah, that's it. It's like the Mets just trying to play the rest of the games. Now, right. what they did in June and July – and to me, that's what it is every year. What, 2020? Last year, it was win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win a World Series. Right? Two year, I mean, three years ago, it was, hey, man, we got the most eventful baseball after the sixth inning. Why? Because we got a chance to win in the bottom of the eighth, and that bullpen, huh, if, if it can happen, it will happen with them. But they found a way, Kevin, to win the, the, win the, uh, win the division last four years. It's going to be tough this year. I mean, I guess the DeGrom, Scherzer, you know, uh, pairing is working right now for the Mets, but the Mets are nervous. They can call it what they want to call it because they're not used to being in this position at this current juncture in the season. Sure. How do they deal with it? But the Braves, they're not used to, you know, they're used to being in the thick of things. We'll see what happens, you know, in the month of September. It's going to be eventful no matter what. Yeah. But the Braves did this. The Braves said, which I, I, don't know, I don't know if they said this, if we can't be in first, let's be first at least in the wild card, which – I mean, most teams, it's Which they're way ahead in that. So I, oh, yeah. I, look, I think the, the whole key is put pressure on the Mets to win ballgames. And, uh, you know, say what they want. Mets fans are awfully uh, chatty when the Braves lose. That's fine. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, they are. They fine. are. That's fine. And you can say, look, the Braves are putting pressure on the Mets to go out and, and close out games and win games and come back in dramatic fashion uh, as well. And I think that's what, if you're a Braves team, you want to stay close enough to make them feel that pressure to go earn it, right? To come down the stretch. And, and go earn it. And that's all you can do. I mean, at this point, you got three games head-to-head with the Mets. That's it. So outside of that, you really don't have any control over what they do night in and night out. But if you stay within three, two games, maybe get it down to a game. You put the pressure on the Mets that, hey, you've got to show up and win. And in baseball, that's that's impossible to do, right? It's that you can't win every single game. Uh, I think what hurts for Braves fans is the Mets lose and you lose. Mets win, you win. So there haven't been a lot of, hey, we won on a day that the Mets lost and really made up some ground, but uh, yeah, the, the the way they got away from you in St. Louis, you feel like this is team. This is a team that still had a chance to sweep the Cardinals and have a chance to do some good stuff come postseason. They let it slip away again. Kenley Jansen, people all over him. Look, I appreciate that. He's not going to be perfect. I saw this. Oh, you know, now I see why the Dodgers let him go, and maybe it's like he he'd been one of the best in baseball up until that moment, uh, and he had a bad night. All right, if you want to fault Brian Snicker, as I said, sometimes to me, he's too by the book, and I'm going to go with this guy, and sometimes they just don't have it. And I think that's an example of Kenley Jansen. Last night, A.J. Minter, three days in a row, pitching, probably not going to have it in a clutch situation uh, like that down the stretch. Maybe you don't read it, uh, uh, the room, as much as you should, as opposed to just, hey, this is my guy, I'm going, I'm going with him. So, look, I think the Braves will be fine. They're so far up in the wild card right now, that feels pretty good. I think you just keep grinding and try to track down the, uh, the the Mets as best you can and put the pressure on them to win. Right now, there's pressure on the Braves to win. Put the pressure on the Mets to go out there and and win as well. Yeah, and I, what what I what I always find to be quite a you know 
I mean, quite telling Kevin is if somebody said, well, this is why you got rid of him for the Dodgers. Seriously? Like, do you know how good Kinsley Jansen is? Like, seriously? Like, go back to how great those Dodgers teams were and show me how many times Kinsley Jansen has something to do with it. Like, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. Kinsley Jansen, who's won a World Series with the Dodgers and the Braves? That Kinsley Jansen? Yes. That, and it's almost like, we, you know, we, 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 y'all, we're looking for perfection in sports. It doesn't happen. The best baseball player, who I think is still hurt, and, uh, you know, Mike Trout, has been to the playoffs once. Just imagine if you were an Angels fan. Dude, we get Otani, we get Trout. For the regular season, that's it. Like, that's it. We're, I'm sorry, but what the, what, the, uh, what the Angels are in L.A. is what the Mets are in New York. It's bad. People are, where's Anaheim? L.A. That's how bad they are. They call them something different. That is Los Angeles, people. I don't know where it is in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is huge. But Kinsley Jansen, I'd rather have him than not have him. Because once again, Kevin, just I think like, he's going to be a weapon come postseason for sure. Of course, I will sure. say, look, and, and the thing about it is, is that's why, once again, Twitter cannot be where I get my source of news or it's going to be rough <laughs> because people, that's why they got rid of him. Are You, you know another did, guy did, that was frustrating Braves fans last year? Will Smith. Come uh, postseason, he was exactly, unhittable. And, and, and Kevin, and Kevin you, I was going to say that you said that from the time the Braves got Will Smith, you go, they are getting him for the postseason. Fortunately, he can't just wait till the, he can't just go home and let's see y'all in October. <laughs> yeah. They can't do that. But he was on another level. And, 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 and once in. again, once again, we get to talking about Braves who are gonna be remembered forever. I know we want to make. I know we want to do Rosario. I know we want to do Soler. I know we want to do Peterson. Will Smith was lights out. And and I get it. We like. Well, what happened? Well, dude, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, a bunch of games during the regular season doesn't really amount to. Hey, man, I need you for for the series. But, hey, man, I, I guess when you are a Braves fan, let's call it, Kevin. We are spoiled. Yes, we are. And that's how we act. We got more to come here on this Monday. It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Just so legendary uh, every single time here on the show. Kevin and Ben, glad you're making us a part of your day. We'll talk to Matt Smith, southernpigskin.com, about week one, I think week zero. Ben, it is what it is. It, 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 it gave us football, which I know some of y'all is like, I like to say football is a drug, and some of y'all were tweaking because y'all were like, oh, man, I get to watch Vandy Hawaii, and I got Utah State, and uh, who was it they were playing? Uh, UConn. I'm like, bro, if you, you are, if you are getting State? hype about Utah State UConn right now, you are, no, you are no. jonesing for some football what, in the worst way. What, what, what is this, Kevin? Now, why is it when a team like UConn, When's the game? Why do I hear is UConn back? What are we talking about? No, UConn, nobody, nobody nah, says nah, that. Now, ben, nobody says no, no, that. No, no, no. If UConn, now if UConn's basketball coach comes out and says we're a basketball school, that is correct because they are. If now the whole thing with John, the fact that John Calipari said we're a basketball school at <laughs> Kentucky, and somebody said, well, if Mark Stoops won the national championship, he had the same amount as you. He like what you say? Well, he would. But I, I think that Kevin, this is what college football does to people. Like we can have a, we can have a college football show called "What's Wrong with Us," because it's serious. Like <laughs> this, this, this. Kevin, you, when you look straight, you'll see why I just bust. I just look straight. He is he is ready. Anyway, yep. sorry. <laughs> anyway, all I'm saying is Kevin, college football. The hardest thing for us as college football fans is to make it through the offseason, right? But then we realize how how crazy college football is because any do you think that even on social media anything that has college in it comes through your timeline like if it says college 
anything. Cause I, I've I've experienced so many other fan bases in one in week zero. And but Kevin, what I'm what I'm getting prepared to do is, it's like it's like a lady says. She says, yeah. She says my therapist told me. She says my therapist told me that you watch too much college football. And someone said, well, you don't have a therapist. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got plenty of that on the way, uh, college football. We'll get into that and take three. Matt Smith next hour as well. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you here. Hour two, three and out. Kevin and Ben, glad you're making us a part of your day. Streaming live, ESPN Coastal Dot com. Also, uh, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can follow us along there with live video and across the radio network here for the next three days as we count it down towards the uh, the final shows here of 3 and Out. 912-342-7184. 912-342-7184. You can uh, call us, chat with us here on the show, or send us a note at Pigskin Radio there on Twitter or Facebook, YouTube. Note, they'll all get to us here on the show. Ben? Let's take three here on three and out. All right, take one. We are into real college football week here. I'm not meaning to disrespect everybody who played in week zero, but the rest of us waited, and now we're ready for for real college football. Who, Ben, should be on upset alert the most here in week one? I I will say this. Uh, I know that what? LSU has uh, LSU and um, Florida State. Right. I think LSU should be very nervous. This is why. This is. I know Florida State already had a game. I, can, I I'm still trying to process what you was reading. That Brian Kelly was saying they got it. Well, they got an advantage. Yeah, Brian got, Kelly said it's kind of an advantage for Florida State because they've played a game already. And it's kind of an advantage for us because we haven't played yet. Um, I'm gonna, I don't know what he's trying to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this about Brian Kelly. Maybe it was that new accent. It came out differently. Than oh what yeah, he was yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. Say, the, but, the 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 connect the, 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 the northeastern. <laughs> And the and the, the deep south is kind of it's kind of like you know meeting in the middle. But I think it's LSU because number one, uh, Kevin, they're going through a quarterback carousel. You know they got talent, but you know the thing about LSU is LSU is real similar to NC State. Like LSU could be the NC State of the SEC. They are good enough to beat anybody, and they'll lose a the game they shouldn't lose. I think I think LSU be, should be on upset alert because it is their first game. It is the Brian Kelly era. You know is among us. And you really don't know what that means. You don't. You really don't. There is not stability at the quarterback position. You do have. You know. You do. You do. But you know. You you lose the guys like Eli Ricks. You know. To uh. You know. Uh. You know. To the transfer portal. Derek Stingley Jr. moved on to the National Football League. I know you got Ojulari. Uh, I know you got certain players. But there's there's a big question mark next to LSU. LSU is not gonna lack talent. LSU lacks stability. LSU lacks identity. And the thing about Florida State, they're going to run the ball. And it's on a, I guess you want to call it a neutral site, you know, uh, you know, um, in the Superdome uh, in New Orleans. So I, I would go LSU because, Kevin, you know, just like I know, we just went, I just, I just told you the, the top 10 highest paid coaches. Well, two of them are in the SEC West. Nick Saban is one, Kirby Smart is two, and Brian Kelly is three. He hasn't coached a down, and he's the number three. So people go, why do you leave Notre Dame? That's why you leave. You left for that right there. I'm the third highest paid coach. So for me, I think it is LSU because Kevin, you know, just like I know, LSU, they're still living in 2019. They still thinking we could just get us a Joe Burrow just like everybody else wanted Nick Saban. 
It ain't happening. And and and, and once again, LSU go. Our next table name is Brian Kelly. Huh. Well, we'll see. But for my money, I think it's going to be LSU because it is week one for them. Uh, at least, yes, FSU went up against a very inferior opponent. But, Kevin, you know, just like I know, nothing, nothing uh, helps, helps a team more than confidence. And if you Florida State, you already know. We ain't really got no passing game. We couldn't throw the ball against them, against our, you know, week zero opponent. So I, I, I go, I go LSU. I'm going to say, and and again, you can call me crazy and say I don't think this could be a potential upset. I'm going to say South Carolina. South Carolina is at home against Georgia State. Georgia State. Oh, well, I mean Georgia no, State. No, has, the, the same Georgia State that beat Tennessee a couple of years ago. Right. And so uh, there might be people say, well, that's not really an upset. But I, I mean, if if, if I'm a Sun Belt team and I'm beating an SEC school, that's an upset. I don't. I don't, I don't except maybe at State. Against certain teams like Vanderbilt or something like that, but South Carolina, a lot of people think they could have a big resurgence uh, here this year. They won seven games last year, getting another year here with Shane Beamer. But I think Georgia State might have a chance to get them in a week number one. Got a quarterback coming back that was very successful for them. Georgia State played well down the stretch last year. Have a lot of those guys coming back. And to me, Ben, week one in college football is the most unpredictable week you will get, right? Because there's no fresh tape. On people, there's no tape of new coaches and what exactly they're going to do at new places like Dan Lanning. If you're George, you're like, hey, we know what Dan likes to do. Does that mean he's going to do it exactly the same way now that he's in charge there at Oakland, at Oregon? Maybe not. So I think Week One to me provides the best chance for upsets. I say Georgia State over South Carolina. I, and I said this last week, but I think Georgia, if you're going to get them, this might be the week to do it. If you're Oregon, Bo Nix. SEC-level quarterback, Dan Lanning, intimately familiar with what Georgia's personnel is, what they like to do. I know people are like, oh, well, that, that stuff doesn't matter. I think it matters a little. Uh, does, I mean, your guys still have to go out and make plays, right? You still have to execute what Dan Lanning calls, but you can't tell me after spending uh, some time with, you know, Munkin and, and Kirby Smart that, they don't, he, that he has no idea what they like to do in certain situations. Not that they're going to do it 100%, but... He didn't have an idea of how they like to use personnel, how they like to – of course he does. So I think that's a little bit of an, an advantage for Dan Lanning. Now, where he's at a disadvantage is Georgia leads big on the talent gap. But I think that's going to be interesting. So mine was Georgia State and South Carolina, to me, uh, the biggest chance for an upset. All right, uh, Ben, which – take two. Which new coach are you most – I'm going to make a caveat that you can't say Billy Napier. Mm-hmm. Which new coach – are you most intrigued to watch Coach Game 1 here this week? Oh, man. And I mean, I'm that, not going to let you say Billy that, that's, Napier. That's easy. That's, easy. That's, that's Coach Freeman at, uh, at Notre Dame. I, 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 think, I think what has gotten lost in this, Kevin, is the fact that Coach Freeman is a guy. I mean, you know, I mean, yes. I mean, uh, you, know, uh, you know, African-American coach at, at Notre Dame. But you know how it is, Kevin. Usually, they don't hire from within. They, they'll take the previous coach staff. They get rid of everybody. But it's, it's something to say. You know, coaching at Notre Dame is prestigious. But – Big shoes to fill, cause I just saw something on social media. Lou Holt said that he sent Brian Kelly eight letters of encouragement while he was at Notre Dame. Never got. It. He said I used to check my mailbox every day, never sent anything back. I said, dude, I mean that's crazy. Coach Freeman, I think is under the most scrutiny, uh, because Kevin, let's face it, Notre Dame is the one brand that we don't need conferences. We don't need. We got our own network. We stand alone and. You know how it is, Kevin. Until Coach Freeman proves it, they want to say, hey, man, is he the guy? 
So I think that Coach Freeman is under a lot, a lot of pressure because of the biggest brand in college football. I know everybody thinks their, their college and university is the biggest brand. It's Notre Dame. You don't got to like it. And 7.30, they got Ohio State. And that's, right what I'm saying. And, and that's the thing, too, Kevin. I will say this about week one. It used to be you had a couple of games, right? You got a, it's, it is stacked. I wish that you know my alma mater would have did 1 o'clock so I can, I don't know, go to bed. No. They want to go at 7. 69% chance of rain. That's a guarantee. I said, listen, uh, uh, football guy, could you rain everywhere but over the stadium? Nope, probably going to just camp out right over the stadium. Going to be a monsoon. But I think Coach Freeman, Notre Dame, you know, uh, right out the gate, Kevin Ohio's. Kevin, I mean, think about that. I know I I said that, you know, uh, the former Notre Dame coach, Brian Kelly, is on upset alert. If the new guy in Coach Freeman beats Coach Day in Ohio State, you don't know that. We're going to the chip. I don't know about all that, even though I do got them picked in my <laughs> college football playoff, one of the 14. Because I think that, Kevin, even if they lose to Ohio State and they run the table, they got a shot to get in. But if they win it, they still got a chance to have a loss later on down the line and still get in because I think they got, they've got they won that benefit of the doubt because they are Notre Dame. I mean, you mentioned it earlier. I'm going to say the guy I'm most interested in, new coach at a new spot. Um, I pro- I was going to say Mario Cristobal, but I'm going to save that because they're playing Bethune-Cookman. No disrespect, but I think we'll find out more about that. I'm interested to watch Brian Kelly because people think just because he was at Notre Dame and he was the winningest coach at Notre Dame that you're going to walk in and you're going to win 11, 10, 11 games right off the jump at LSU. Now, he might, but you are starting with a very uh, interesting Florida State team. Again, Florida State played Duquesne. It was a walk in the park, and you may say, well, that's no big deal. And it probably isn't. But there's, as for good reason, been been a couple of years in the past where that was a big deal for Florida State because they were losing games like that inexplicably or just not playing well in games like that. So I'm interested to see, you know, Brian Kelly comes down, Notre Dame, oh, I want to come here with my family, and I'm going to say, you know, I can't wait to eat Cajun food and all that stuff. Still got to win games. Uh, at LSU, and I want to see what does that LSU uh, team look like now, coming now, right out now, of the And if I, I know we're going to get the you know, take two, but if I have a 1B, I would go Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley's under a lot of well, pressure now. Because, I mean, but that's the thing, though, Kevin. I mean, we could we could have did that. Former coaches and current coaches. And, and they, um, Lincoln Riley, USC, Coach Vrenables at Oklahoma. Because, dude, I'm telling you, sir, USC, we got to see it first. With Oklahoma, they want to see if our structure is so good that maybe what Bob Stoops built, Lincoln Riley just just kept kept it going. Can they do that with Venables? Because all I'm saying is these former these former these former players that go back to their alma maters, Steve Spurrier got y'all tripping. Kirby Smart got y'all tripping. Cause Kirk Frost and I mean Scott Frost, Frost, Frost yeah. that, that stuff is hard to do. And I get it, you're not gonna turn it down, Kevin, but I want they gonna forget all about your player legacy. They will forget all about it. Cause it's gonna become what you didn't do for us. When you came back here making millions of dollars as the head guy, yeah, I, 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 it's going to be interesting to watch some of those guys in their debuts here in uh, in twenty twenty two with their new clubs. All right, Ben, moving along. Take three. Today is National Sports Day, amongst other things. What is your favorite non major sport? So take off all the major sports. What is your favorite sport once you get away from those? A track. I mean, it's I mean simple like. As a person that way, I'm talking about way. World okay. records. Way. No, no, no. No, no, I ain't doing that. Way, way back in the day. You know, when you boy was, you know, a little, little young squire. 
you know, used to run for the Road Runner Track Club. Shout out to Eugene Lee Jr. and Senior. Junior being the, being the uh, anchor leg in the 4 by one 100 meter relay. Kevin, it's, it's a sport that you can't hide. The first time I ever got to go to Georgia Tech was not to play, the, not to play against the Yellow Jackets, even though I never played against them, was to go to the Georgia games uh, when I ran AAU track. It, AAU track got, gave me, just like AAU basketball, or, you know, uh, Kevin, as you know, when it comes to the baseball circuit, you all over you, you all over the South at a certain point once you keep going up. I got a chance to see certain parts of the country, man. I got a chance to go, you know, to, you know, to Maryland. You know, I got a chance uh, to go out of the state to Alabama. Uh, you know, uh, I got a chance to go to Gainesville, Florida, when I was 12 years old. It becomes a sport, Kevin, to wear one. Listen, uh, uh, man on fire. Uh, when um, the, the part on that with Denzel Washington – Tells a young young girl, listen, the gun will set you free. When he goes, pow, that's it. Like, you can't hide. All that trash talking. What blew my mind is this. When I was 12 years old, I would never forget this. Um, I made it to the, I made it to the Nationals. Um, it was held in Gainesville for the for the for the long jump and the four by one hundred meter relay. I, I wasn't doing the triple jump yet. It was the four by one hundred meter qualifying. <laughs> and you know, and uh, we got the, they'll say, you know, first call, second call, third call for 11 to 12-year-old, four by 100-meter relay. We in the line. You know, it's me, Gavin Willingham, uh, 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 David Gill, Chris, and Eugene Lee. Kevin, I get in this line. The guy next to me, he got muscles, and he has a mustache. He had like a goatee. Took me 20-something years to grow one. It freaked <laughs> me out because I'm looking like, you in the wrong line, bro? Like, he looked like he had been lifting weights to work, and he looking at me. I'm, You know, I'm like, what is going on? I mean, like, he had, like, hair on his chest. What, what is this? Craziness. And that's when I realized. So, listen, so, we, you know, we go and we run or whatever. So, we get back up to the stairs. My coach go, uh-huh, yeah. You gonna go, he, he said, you're going to go to bed at, at the right time. Now, is that going to help me look like that? <laughs> like, going to bed at that time? But, no, nah, I mean, I, I will say it's always been track for me because the sprints, you know, the 100, the 200, uh, the 400, the 800, the 4x1, the 4x4, uh, the sprint melee. I, I've just always been a fan of it. And, uh, you know, so when I see what Grant Holloway does or Devin Allen does or, you know, Noah Lyles do or, or Usain Bolt or, you know, the greats, it just it just makes me be in awe because I know it ain't but too many people on this planet can run under 10 seconds in the 100. That's true. That That is so, so, and listen, and I know, and I know we, I know we used to have an office. No, of a no, bunch there's of like fours. fifty people in the world, and like four of them were in this office. <laughs> oh, I can run a fofo. We need to stop that too. Like, like we need to stop doing. Hey, man, that dude only ran a four six, and he's. But listen, if you want to know how fast people really are, when Rich Eisen runs his forty at the end of the combine, they let him start. They let him get halfway through the forty for another guy even take off, and he still gets beat. Four fours and four fives and four sixes. What's the word I'm looking for? Rare. Like, I don't know, being 6'6 six, six and 6'7. Six, Stop it. Man, I can run a 4'4. Four, four. Man, we should have we, we, we been sponsored by Baby Powder because we would have ran out <laughs> slapping all y'all. Kevin go, yeah, we, yeah, we run a Kevin, look at you run a 4'4. Four, four. Yeah. Okay. I ran all right. a 4'4. Ran a 4'4 <laughs> four, four, just walk off like normal. Coming. Ran a 4'4. Four, four. four second, four yard. But anyway, no. <laughs> That 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 was one of the more astounding things, uh, that that we had again. I'm, and it would be one thing if like one person did it. Ben, we had like a bunch of people that worked here. They were like, we were we were just talking, and we were like, 
Oh, you used to play high school football. Yeah. And how fast did you run? Oh, man, I was like four, five, seven. No, no, you were not. Because if you were, you probably would have been playing college football. Not <sighs> saying you would have been in the SEC, but you yeah. might have been somewhere. Yeah. Four, five, to all seven. you people that are impressed by nothing, you need to reevaluate your life. So that's why we always say we have the fastest office in yep. America, yep. bar none. Yep. We got more sub four six six guys that have come through the door here than you wouldn't believe. Instead of just saying I don't know, it's yeah. just man. And my what's your best day? My best day? Yeah, four like, three eight. That, like that, and my favorite, my uh, BJ's favorite comeback to all the uh, interns and uh, you know part time folks and other people that come in here talking about how they could run four fives. He would always look at Ben and, and say, "You see Ben," and he, they were like, "Yeah, Ben was a professional athlete. Ben played in the NFL." And Ben didn't run four or five. No, that's how. How are you going to run? No, four or five? I'm not doing like. Uh, if, if Ben I, trained every day yes. to go out and run fast. Listen, listen, that's back when I had no children, <laughs> no responsibilities, nothing. That four six, I was so proud of that. It was like, it's almost like people trying to make you feel bad. It's as if to say, well, what Kyle Pitts did and what uh, Vernon Davis did is rare. Like, they'll say you only ran a four six. What are you talking about, boy? That's wearing nothing but boxer briefs and some and some and some cleats and getting out of there. Yeah, I'm trying to make me feel bad. You better get up out of here with that nonsense, man. I I, I think Ben could probably beat me by four seconds in a <laughs> uh, a forty yard dash right now. Uh, no, I, I would say I, I guess you know golf's always been one that I would kind of tune and check in on. I like auto racing a lot. Yeah. That's one I used to be. No, you, you like you like uh, you like uh, what what's the other, what's the crazy sports they do? On Sports Center, oh, they do a lot of those. The Ocho. Oh, I, yeah, I like a lot of those. But I'm saying, like, I used to watch uh, NASCAR a lot, like a lot, like every race. I was into it, we, like we, PJ Zuko. We, we was consider into like it. wrestling one of them. I mean, it is entertaining. Yes, smell. I used to I, love wrestling. I didn't man. watch I, that a lot too. Uh, probably more than I cared. Okay, what, what's the, what's the event that you want to do? What's the event that you want? It's called a skeleton or something. <laughs> oh yeah. The skeleton. Kevin's like this. Kevin say, Kevin, any like any final words? I just want to say uh, to my children, to my wife, I love y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Face first down <laughs> a sheet of ice. No, no, Kevin, like I want to one. I want to one that if it's the hill on the bottom of the hill, it's nothing but water. Cause I'm going off this hill. Maybe. I just tell me how to stop. That's all I need. To, that's all I need to know. <laughs> or if I don't know how to stop, like look, this is a, a true story. When I was you know growing up. Uh, in, in Atlanta in the, in the, in the wintertime, sometimes we'd go on ski trips uh, and we would go skiing and I was horrible. You know, I'm, I'm from Georgia. What do I know about skiing? So when you start going down a hill and you start going a little too fast and you feel like you can't stop, you just fall down and take and, and suck it up. Yep. So skeleton, you're going slightly faster. So if I got down close to the bottom and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stop this thing, I would try my best to slow down and then I would just do the this is going to hurt, and just jump off, the, and just flop off the sled and just slide down. Yeah, but you also weren't going at speeds of, I don't know, 60, 70. I don't know what it felt like I was when I was going on them skis. I was like, they, th- this is not the thing for me. You get up there in the North Carolina <laughs> mountains, and it's like, hey, oops, I went down the wrong way, and now I'm on the black diamond, and it's straight down. Uh, just fall down. One ski goes flying. You have to crawl back up the mountain like a loser. To no, go get it. I don't know what Fast and the Furious it is. I think it's like Fast and Furious, like number six or seven. When they when, remember when they just went down the hill, he made like they were surrounded. He made like the big old wind tunnel with all the dirt tunnel. He just went down the hill. I need that reinforced, uh, you know, Vin Diesel 
uh, you know, Fast and Furious still, because I'm going off this hill. Kevin said, I want to be the skeleton. Yeah. I mean, no, they call it the skeleton. I will say this. I, I, I would, one of those skiing trips, like you got off the, the lift bucket uh, at the top, and, you know, you just stand up. If you don't stand up, you got to jump off the bucket or ride it back down. But so you stand up. So on this particular mountain, you get up, you kind of circle around, and then you go down a little trail. Uh, and then when you take, so you take a turn to the left, you go down a little trail, turns back to the right, and then you can either go straight across and come down the intermediate side, or you can just jump on and go down the, the expert side. Um, well, I was behind a guy that went on the trip with us, and we come around the left off the ski lift, and he goes, oh, I can't stop, and goes straight over the side into the woods. And I'm like... What in, the, like, what in the world's going on? You got to know how to stop. See? Got to know how to stop at the end of the day. But that's take three. We do it each and every day. This time we've got more to come. Matt Smith going to join us when we come back. We're talking college football. It's three now on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. This is what I. Good to have you back. Here it is, 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you along. Week 1 is here. Week 0 in the rearview mirror, although it didn't offer us a whole lot. Our next guest certainly is going to have a lot to weigh in on here on uh, college football as it gets started. Matt Smith, southernpigskin.com, joins us. Matt, welcome, man. How are you? Hey, guys. Uh, doing pretty well. Excited to head to New York this weekend for uh, a wedding on Saturday, but uh, probably don't want to talk about that during this conversation. Uh, Matt, you've had some, some strange luck the last couple of years with this. I mean, this is, uh, as a Notre Dame alum, it's Notre Dame, Ohio State. Uh, are you uh, sneaking the phone in the lap while the ceremony is going on? Like, how, how are you planning for this? I have, some, I have some plans in the works to make sure I account for everything. Should be a nice break in the afternoon for, uh, for Oregon, Georgia, and I guess Cincinnati, Arkansas as well. So we'll make do with technology in 2022. There's, there's no excuse not to make do and, and see what needs to be seen on Saturday while still being a good friend. So it'll all come together nicely, I'm sure. Now, man, what if somebody says something that is just blatantly inaccurate? Like, guys, after the, you know, after the wedding, we in the, we at the reception, and somebody just makes up a stat about, I don't know, a said SEC or Notre Dame team. Do If you're sitting at the table, do you let them keep going, or do you go, actually, that's inaccurate. Uh, they actually had 10 wins. Is, is that going to be what you're doing? Do you say, look, I'm going to just let them go through their inaccuracies, or do, or do the B.J. Bennett jump on you and say, listen, that's factually inaccurate, what you just said? Oh, boy. Uh, probably depends if I'm drinking beer or liquor. <laughs> I guess whichever one is flowing. <laughs> I, uh, I like to correct people as much as possible. I'm a big uh, proponent of facts, so I, I prefer facts to be correct, even if I have to uh, jump in and look like a, a jackass. So I, I will do the dirty work if need be. Matt Smith joining us here. Three dollars, Matt. To the games uh, on the field, I mean – I know in Nashville, everyone is all aglow because Vanderbilt scored 63 points against Hawaii. But let's look ahead to uh, this week where you have obviously some uh, some interesting matchups. Let's start there. Georgia and Oregon. Dan Lanning, I don't know how much of an advantage it'll be him kind of knowing what Georgia likes to do. He's at a talent gap. But if you're going to get Georgia, wouldn't week one be maybe the best time to try to get him here in 2022? Yeah, I think so. And familiarity is kind of a theme, I guess, throughout a couple games this week, and uh, not just in the SEC, but certainly have that. Not only with Dan Lanning, but Georgia's seen Bo Nix three times now. I think 
Kirby probably played against Patrick Nix back a, a year or two in the 90s when I think their careers overlap. So, yeah, I don't know how much stock or to say who has an advantage. Obviously, you know, Dan Lanning's seen spent, uh, Stetson Bennett in practice for years now, um, but I don't think there's any big secrets about Stetson Bennett's game or anything. So I'm really not trying to look at either side of that. Um, I'd look at more just the so much newness on, on both sides of the ball for Georgia and how that could be a factor as well. Oregon's lost a bunch as well. A couple good linebackers there. That, the spread seems a little high to me, so I think I'd take Oregon just because I, I expect some things that will need to be worked out here in the first couple weeks for Georgia won't quite be uh, so seamless as it was for them a year ago there. So I thought that spread was a little high, giving this Georgia offense, you know, wasn't particularly explosive last year, and I don't think it will be at least in, in the early stages this year. But as far as the landing, Nick's familiarity, familiarity angle, I don't necessarily see an advantage for either team, but if I'm making a bet, I think I'll take Oregon. Uh, Georgia wins maybe by 11 or so in a decent game, I think. And, Matt, I mean, one of the most intriguing uh, matchups is, I mean, LSU, Florida State. Florida State, you know, gets a big win uh, in week one to boost some confidence running the football. But all eyes are on LSU and Brian Kelly. I mean, the third highest paid coach in college football hasn't coached a down yet at LSU. Walked away from Notre Dame uh, because, obviously, you know, the, the expectations there are just through the roof. But he's coming to a place at LSU that all three coaches that uh, preceded him won national championships, right, wrong, and different. How do you see this LSU-Florida State matchup? Yeah, it's interesting, and I guess another thing related to the Oregon-Georgia point about who has the advantage, another thing where I don't know whether to say Florida State has an advantage by playing a, an overmatched Duquesne team on Saturday or if that hurts them by having some stuff on film now for LSU. So looking at that game, I'm not considering that Florida State has played a game in LSU. As for, as for Kelly and what to expect from this program, they're going to win. I, the questions are just when and how big. Um, going back to his first year at Notre Dame, they certainly struggled coming out of the out of the game. I think they were one and three, had some tough games, and I think the mindset around LSU last year was it was complete chaos. And I think there's some work to do there. Um, he'll win eventually. I don't know if he's going to start ripping off SEC West titles as long as Nick Saban's in Tuscaloosa, but they're going to be successful and certainly more stable. And and Sunday night, you know, I, I don't know what to expect. They I think the receiving core for LSU is being overlooked. I thought they were good last year. Obviously, going 6-6, six and six, they didn't get a lot of love. But I think that passing game, I expect it's going to be Jaden Daniels. So adding his experience, his mobility as well, I think that gives F LSU a pretty significant advantage there. I do have some concerns at the line of scrimmage for them, but I don't know if Florida State quite has the horses to exploit them. So I think LSU wins. I'd lay. I think it's a field goal now uh, playing in the Superdome. But, again, I, I do expect some, expect some hiccups from early on from this team. Uh, once they get into SEC play with Mississippi State, Auburn, Tennessee, all coming up pretty quick. Uh, but I think they do take care of business on Sunday night in the Superdome. Matt Smith, SouthernPigskin.com, joining us here on 3 and Out. And, uh, Matt, a kind of off-the-radar game considering uh, some of the big matchups you do have. But Arkansas hosting Cincinnati, uh, a team that was in the playoffs last year. Obviously, they lost a lot. But this is a top 25 uh, matchup here. Arkansas 19, Cincinnati 23. Uh, you, you certainly look at uh, what Sam Pittman has done here so far at, at Arkansas. Would this be a big uh, kind of statement win early in 2022 if they even, albeit at home, bump off Cincinnati? Yeah, very interesting game, and, and I'm pretty high on Arkansas. I have them as, as the number two team in the SEC West in that cluster of five or six teams that I think will beat each other up pretty good throughout the season. But I like Arkansas with the experience of Jefferson and certainly the, probably the two best coordinators uh, in the in the division with Odom 
Kendall Bryles. So I like Arkansas as a whole this season. As for this game, I think if you watch the NFL draft, first team you thought as, wow, they have a lot to replace next fall is Georgia. Number two might be Cincinnati. They had a ton of guys go, a ton of guys go early, and certainly they don't have uh, you know, the five stars in stock back room like Georgia has to deploy on Saturday. They got some work to They've recruited very well by G5, probably as well as any G5 team we've seen. But you just can't. It's not a reloading. There's definitely some rebuilding that needs to be done there. And I think playing this game in the first week, I think that certainly favors Arkansas. Playing at home, having a, a third-year starting quarterback in K.J. Jefferson, I think they get by. But uh, Cincinnati's a physical team, and Arkansas probably doesn't have a ton of athletes run by them like you might see against Alabama or like we saw in the uh, playoff game last year. So I think it's a decent game, but with all that newness for Cincinnati, I think they'll struggle playing on the road in a tough environment. So Arkansas, I'll say by 10. Man, my Florida Gators got a big one, uh, you know, on Saturday night in the Swamp. I mean, this uh, this this Utah team comes in with a lot of firepower on offense, especially at the quarterback and tight end position. They got some run stoppers on the defense. Um, Muhammad Diabate, a former Florida Gator, going to be, uh, you know, licking his chops, trying to get back at his at his former team. How do you how do you see this game playing out? And if it do, it I, seems to be it might be rain in the forecast. Who do you think that favors? I would think with bad weather, probably favors Utah unless it's just so muggy where it's just nothing like they've ever seen. I'm not super worried about that with the Utah team and a guy like Kyle Whittingham. I don't think they'll be super phased by that. I think for Florida, I think they need to find some ways where they can just out-athlete Utah because they're not going to win the line of scrimmage. I think you point out, of course, Anthony Richardson, can he do a lot with his legs? See that speed that Utah probably doesn't see a ton of. Uh, maybe some guys in the secondary making plays, whether it's a, a Trey Dean or a Jason Marshall, and then maybe Brenton Cox just being a game record off the edge. I think those are the three or four guys where if Florida can win this game, those guys really have to excel. Um, I think Florida has a good September. I don't think they have a good Saturday night. I see wins coming against Kentucky and Tennessee, I think as we talked about earlier with Florida. I'm worried about their depth, so I actually like them earlier in the season than I do later in the season. But I think this Utah team flying high, just a massive game for the Pac-12 where you have your defending champion going up against a team that went, uh, I think, 2-6 and six in the SEC this year. they got to win this game. A lot of pressure on them, but I think they handle it well. The grizzled uh, veteran Kyle Whittingham now in year 18, I think, they're, I think they go in and take care of business. But it should be a good game. It should be close. And if those few advantages, athleticism-wise, that Florida has can be exploited, I think they got a shot, but I think the Utes go in there and pull it off. But wins coming for the Gators, in my mind, I think, against both Kentucky and Tennessee before the month month comes to an end. Uh, Matt, of the teams of the games we haven't mentioned, obviously a lot of you know G five games and, and others like that across the schedule this week. Who do you think's most susceptible to getting upset in the SEC this week? Yeah, Mississippi State concerns me a little bit. I mean, they lost to Memphis last year. I was on the road. They're back at home. Uh, I'm not sure about their left tackle position, replacing a top-10 pick with a JUCO guy. Uh, you know, we see JUCO guys come in and, and play right away at the skill positions, but JUCO linemen concern me. seems like they generally need a year to get their body right before playing in the SEC. So I think that's one to watch in Starkville there. Um, I don't really see a ton of others at risk, I would say. Missouri, I could, I could see having a little bit of trouble with Louisiana Tech. New coach there was Sonny Cumbie, but they, they always seem to play uh, Power 5 teams tough. Gave Mississippi State a scare last year, NC State as well. So maybe a little bit of trouble for Mizzou on, on Thursday night there. I think that's about it. A couple other things to watch. You know, A&M re- receiving core, I'd like to see what they look like. I think that'll be key for them this year is finding some playmakers on the outside. 
Um, other than that, Tennessee should be fine. I think Kentucky will be fine even without Chris Rodriguez. They'll, they'll win the line of scrimmage. Uh, South Carolina and Georgia State's kind of interesting. Uh, should be no fear for the Panthers after nearly beating Auburn last year. Um, but as far as teams that, that I think could be an upset alert, I'd probably go with Missouri and Mississippi State as ones to watch. And, man, you can't, you, I mean, you just mentioned, I mean, Georgia State at South Carolina. Spencer Rattler, I mean, comes over from Oklahoma. You know, they got big-time aspirations for him, especially adding a, adding a run game and a more solid defense. But this Georgia State team, we're a couple of years removed with them going up to Tennessee, even though it's total different teams, total different years. They go to South Carolina. Could they put a scare in the game, Cobb? Yeah, I, f- I forgot about the Tennessee call. That was a good one. It's a couple of years ago, so they probably got some guys that, that played in that game still on the roster. And As I mentioned, should have beaten Auburn down there last year. So, yeah, and South Carolina, again, probably got more talent, but they're not just going to completely out-athlete them. I think that's reflective in the point spread. I think being under two touchdowns, maybe 11, 12, 13. So I expect a good game. Sean Elliott's a good coach. Obviously, it will mean a lot to him going back to the place where he was the interim coach uh, back after Steve Spurrier retired and coached there for, for a good bit. So um, that's definitely one to watch. I, I think South Carolina is stable enough now. They'll get through it. But I could see that game being a 60-minute, one-possession game. So I'll certainly be keeping an eye on that one as well. Matt Smith joining us here on 3 and Out. Matt, uh, you're there in Nashville. Clark Lee said we're going to be the best team in the country. Well, so far through uh, one game, they have more wins than anybody else in the SEC in 2022. Absolutely. That was uh, It's baby steps. Even though Hawaii is really bad, that, that was impressive put up 60-some points. So they were nowhere close to that last year, even against bad teams, losing to Tennessee State, I believe, and having to have a walk-off field goal to beat UConn. So that is major progress for them. I'm not going to you know, call for them to now win an SEC game this year, uh, but they are better. Mike Wright's a fun player to watch. He's going to get beat up in the SEC play because that offensive line is not very good. If they can keep him healthy and move him around, he's a really exciting player, and we'll at least make them worth watching. And who knows, they might have a shot against the Missouri or South Carolina once we get into the season. Uh, but for them, I think the goal is probably to find three wins in the non-conference, and uh, that's an improved season from last year. And, and Clark Lee's doing the best job he can in, in tough circumstances, and you're probably looking another year or two before assessing kind of what the new ceiling is for Vanderbilt, whether that's four wins, five wins, six wins. I don't know. It's not back-to-back eight and fours. That's not happening again. Um, but I think he's the right man for the job, and that was a, a good sign to see the nice progress early on in year two for them on Saturday night. Matt Smith, SouthernPigskin.com, joining us. Matt, on a personal note, as I told you before you came on, our last couple of days here on the air with uh, with three and out, and I know I, I, BJ's not here today, but I speak for him and Ben, who say, hey, man, we appreciate you coming on and uh, talking college football. I know we'll keep chatting with you here on uh, SouthernPigskin.com and all that, but as far as the radio show goes, just want to say thanks for – Coming on the show and, uh, and always uh, being a good sport talking college football with us. Oh, always fun. Thanks for uh, having me and keeping asking me to come back. I, I guess I'm doing something right at least. So we will talk to you guys soon in a different format, but a, a heck of a run for you guys in this industry. Uh, most don't last as long as you guys did. So uh, a lot of credit to you guys for, for keeping that going. And man, man, uh, I, you know, uh, I got to say too. I mean, you know, myself and BJ Ben, and we, you know, we went on this journey called writing a book. And I remember when you put it, when you bought it, and you put it up on social media, man. I, I already be bragging about you, saying, "Listen, man, I don't know what you're talking about when it comes to these stats, but if Matt was here right now, he'll get you right. I, I, I can't deny it or invalidate it. But the homie Matt, I remember you that SEC media days. I wasn't in that big room with you because I would have asked something blatantly ridiculous. You would have been like, "Ben, that's wrong." But for me, for myself and BJ, man, it's a, it's a humbling experience, man. People always say, man, people show you who they are. When you're not around, I appreciate you showing love to us, man. You was one, I think you were the first to buy one. 
one. Man, I might have retweeted that thing a hundred times. I'm, I might have to retweet it today. I appreciate you, sir. <laughs> awesome. I love your story, Ben. I knew, uh, you know, kind of the highlights of it, but reading the details about your journey and uh, what you got left on your journey still to come, it, it was pretty cool. So enjoyed it and certainly would recommend it uh, for anyone, especially as we get closer to holidays and, and gift-giving time. It's a good read. Matt, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk again soon. You bet. See you, boys. Matt Smith. SouthernPigskin.com. Always good chatting some college football with him. We've got more to come. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. It's great to be here with you on this Monday. College football is back. Glad you are with us. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. 912-342-7184. You can call the show. Give us your thoughts. Georgia and Oregon coming up uh, this weekend. A big one. Florida and Utah. There's a lot of big games involving SEC schools right out of the out of the gate here, uh, Ben, where we're going to see some tests uh, for some teams early and kind of get a read on where Billy Napier stands, where Brian Kelly stands uh, in terms of the state of their program. Good or bad. And, again, I'm not mm-hmm. one that's like, mm-hmm. Lord knows the fans, if, if it's bad, and Florida loses by 20, people will be saying, whoa, we made a mistake. Or whatever, you know, because you, no, you get no grace period. But I, I, there are some tremendous games out there where I feel like we're going to get a good early look at what's the stamp Billy Napier's put on his program. What is the stamp that Brian Kelly has been able to put on his program? Because you leave, as you, you've said a number of times, you leave Notre Dame, the creme de la creme of college football programs, uh, in, in terms of recognition, significance, relevance, People chasing after you in terms of wanting them, uh, wanting you in their conference. In terms of talking points, you you have a lot of benefits of being at Notre Dame. You are the winningest coach there at Notre Dame, and you leave that and go to LSU. People say, okay, it's either going to be a welcome to the SEC, Brian, right, or you're going to really thrive. And I'm interested to see kind of which one that is for Brian Kelly. Yeah, and Kevin, the thing about it is too, these coaches understand too. Like think about it, look at look at the look at the way uh, look at the way Matt Smith was saying. Listen, ain't nobody really giving you know Florida State a really lot of love for what they was able to do against a you know very inferior opponent. Now we're gonna see what they really made of. If you are LSU, if you are you know uh, Tennessee, if you are Florida, you want you want you want a big test. If you are Arkansas, you saying to yourself, man, are we getting away from the days of quote the confidence builder first game, like? The first quarter is kind of iffy. The game, the, the final score. When you scores, win the game, it's a huge confidence. It, it is, it is. But but you know this too, though, Kevin. It's like, it's like, it's like what we say about certain schools. Look, if you barely win, uh, see. But if you lose, it's almost like your fan. Look, your your biggest critic is your is your fan base. That's gonna be your biggest level level of criticism. But now, because of social media, everybody's watching. Like everybody, especially your in-state competitor, your in-conference uh, competition, and just uh, n- just natural naysayers and onlookers. And when you have places like LSU, when you have places like Tennessee, when you have places like Florida, when you have places like South Carolina, everybody's watching. And if you are LSU, Brian Kelly, third highest paid coach, leaving Notre Dame, and people are saying, it, think about it, uh, Kevin, I mean, he's the all-time winningest coach in Notre Dame history, but he, he never won a national championship. That distinction goes to Lou Olds. 
So if you leave a Notre Dame to go to LSU, well, you know it's for the money, and you ain't going to lesser competition. You're going to the best competition in the country. And if you get exposed by Florida State, you already know, Kevin, the Boo Bear is oh, going to yeah. come out. And I'm going to see if he's going to convert the Creole Brian Kelly real in go. a second if he loses. <laughs> we got more to come. Three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Ben, cut days around the NFL. You got to get to it by tomorrow. The Dolphins let go of Sonny Michelle. So you, your immediate thought was, Falcons, better call him. Uh, you probably use him. <laughs> Absolutely, you need a you need a running back that plays running back that's been a running back for a long time, and you can get a fir- former first round pick, a former two time Super Bowl champ for the cheap, Kevin. And look, camp casualties are going to happen every single year. Sonny Michelle has been on three teams uh, in four years. So got drafted by uh, New England, uh, was in a trade to go to the Rams. Obviously, got released uh, in the offseason to, to try to get on uh, with the with the Miami Dolphins. Look, there's not there's no shame in getting cut, man. You always you always can get a chance to come on to another team. I mean. Th- 3,100 yards, I mean, 4.2 yards of carry. I mean, very, very productive player, only 27 years old. We mentioned, Kevin, hey, uh, Terry Fontenot, you've been trying to get guys on the yeah. cheap. Go out there and get you a guy that can only add to that running back Might room. be able to do that. They've got to cut some players of their own to get down to that 53-man roster. But, hey, guys like that available everywhere. Hour three next. Good to have you back here on 3 and Out. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us on this Monday. Just a couple days left here of the show. But, uh, again, appreciate you taking some time joining us. Hit us up on Twitter, at Pigskin Radio. You can catch us streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter as well. Or you can give us a shout, 912-342-7184, 912-342-7184. Georgia fans, you are the defending national champs, and it is week one. And you get Oregon. Coming to Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium, Ben, obviously Stetson Bennett uh, going to be the starter. Oregon, Dan Lanning, not going to name a starter for some ridiculous reason. But we know it's going to be uh, Bo Nix as uh, in anything, whether it's the transfer game, whether it's the recruit game. You don't just wind up from Georgia to Auburn. I say Georgia. Bo Nix is from Georgia. From going from a, as a Georgia kid to Auburn to all of a sudden saying, I think I want to go to Oregon. Unless somebody has made you some promises, right, uh, to, to go out there. So we all know Bo Nix is going to start. And, again, Georgia will come out with the title defense, a bunch of new guys on defense, and see how it goes. I, I've said it a lot. If you're going to get Georgia first couple weeks while they're trying to fill some guys in in some new spots might be your best chance to get it done. Absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, when you're talking about a guy like Dan Landing, <clears throat> you want to have somebody that has – you know, some level of familiarity with, with this Georgia, with this Georgia team, and Bo Nix hasn't had a, you know, he hasn't had his, uh, you know, uh, you know, a good time or a good showing against his Georgia team. But I think you, I think you said it right, Kevin. When you look at this Georgia team as a whole, Stetson Bennett is leading the offense, three-headed monster at the uh, tight end position with Darnell Washington, obviously Brock Bowers and Eric Gilbert. Who is going to be the guy on the outside? I mean, how is the running game going to look? You got some big time guys on the defense, you know, on the defense, starting with the defensive line with Nola Smith and Carter and company. I just think that <clears throat> for me, what I want to see is halftime adjustments. How is this office going to look for Georgia? Can Dan Lanning be able to try to expose uh, a, a, a very, very, 
you know, veteran-led uh, defense, but a very young defense. I mean, when you were placing five guys, uh, five first-rounders on the defense, 15 uh, draft picks and all in the, you know, in the previous draft, that's going to be hard to come by. Stetson Bennett, do they give him the keys, let him go out there and will them a win? Can he, are they going to let him put the ball in the air more? You know, how are they going to use these three tight ends? How is his offensive line going to look? Uh, replacing a guy like Dan Lanning is, is not going to be a hard task. When uh, Kirby Smart was asked about Dan Lanning, he says, and I quote, I'm not worried about Dan Lanning. Like, because Dan Lanning, while he understands what it takes to to beat and compete against a team like George, I don't know if he have uh, those players. I think that Dan Lanning has the best um, not not named Carter, uh, you know, uh, on the D-line, who's going to be a first-round pick. Uh, uh, Pene Sue, little brother, is going to be one of the best linebackers, if not the best linebacker in college football. He's going he's gonna to lead a uh, – He's going to lead. I think I, I give the advantage of linebacker to uh, the Oregon Ducks, but the thing is, I'm not going to give many advantages to them because if you know, if we we all know Bo Nix is going to Dan Lanning ain't got the memo. I guess he ain't get the mass text from all the other uh, head coaches saying, "Hey man, you're supposed to make a big thing out of these starting quarterback. You're supposed, it's supposed to look like a freaking. Uh, it's supposed to look like uh, you know, uh, Bo Nix just signed. You know, uh, you know, uh, as a freaking recruit. Oh, a uh, breaking news: Oregon Ducks uh, starting quarterback will be Bo Nix. Okay. Like, have you noticed the theme? Every new, every quarterback that transferred into their team is is, is becoming the starters. You know, I mean, surprise, surprise. But Bo Nix is gonna be the guy. We're gonna see how much he's grown. Uh, that'll be what his his third coordinator uh, in, in in four years now. Um, I don't know what type of running game Oregon has athletes, but you're not gonna out athlete Georgia. Stetson Bennett, I know that we got our own, you know, AC calling in saying, you know, he's going to be in New York winning the Heisman. And we'll just pump your brakes on that because he had a Heisman trophy, Heisman uh, worthy season last year. But you know, just like I know, Kevin, it's about what Georgia does. You talk about scrutiny. Oh, my God. Jordan, Georgia got scrutiny when they weren't winning national championships. We get to see them in the encore. We know the hardest thing to do is repeat because there's a team of Tuscaloosa. I don't know if you heard about them before, but they are coming for everybody. But I, but I think it's going to be a very, very intriguing game. I'm going to be looking forward to the halftime adjustments. I'm going to be looking forward to how, how can Georgia try to – I mean, how can Oregon try to exploit, you know, the, the very, very small, you know, uh, holes in that defense because you know uh, Kirby Smart, he prides himself on defense. You know, I remember when they won Dan Quinn, uh, got hired at, uh, you know, what that five guns do, cheer up the defense. And, well, how is that going? So, we'll see what happens, Kevin. But so many intriguing games. But I think – I think – I think – uh. You know, two big two big games in both in, in both Mercedes Benz Dome, Georgia and Oregon, and the Superdome with LSU and, and uh and uh you know LSU and FSU. But yes, Georgia fans get ready. You know, as you said, Kevin. Nowadays we're not looking for we're not looking at football to look at the good things. We are, we want to highlight the mistakes. Up, oh, Stetson Bennett just threw a pick. Up, oh, he got sacked. Up, oh, well it happens. I've never seen a perfect game. You know how you have a perfect game? If you go out there for one play and it's successful and you run off. Problem is, that's one play in the, in yeah. the, in, you know, in the, in the entirety of a game. But uh, I think it's going to be great. I th- I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, this Georgia team, they're going to be hard to beat. I mean, to go undefeated in the SEC is hard to do. They're going to be trying to do it two years in a row. And uh, they, once again, they're going to be led by, you know, BJ, you know, BJ third cousin removed, Stetson. <laughs> and uh, we're going uh, to see what happens. Yeah, look, and I, I think that uh, – this is an interesting opener uh, for for Georgia. They should be favored. A good a good chance to go out there and get their feet wet. And as people have said, the schedule gets imminently easier uh, after that. Uh, a lot of the tougher games going to be home. Florida. We'll see what the Gators kind of look like. But you've had some good, impressive showings against 
most of your, quote, rivals uh, at this point. I mean, you've beaten Auburn pretty soundly the last couple of years, have turned the tables on Florida. Georgia Tech's not even close. You've got, uh, you know, Tennessee, who you've been able to handle outside of a Hail Mary from Josh Dobbs. You've mm, got a lot. Josh, and, and the thing about Josh Dobbs, Josh Dobbs beat Florida. Josh Dobbs beat Florida in the second half, which which uh, which uh, stopped the streak, and uh, beat Georgia with a hail mary. So I don't know if Josh Dobbs got a little brother because that's a new thing. <laughs> when he got a brother, he got a cousin or something. But I, I I mean even though even though Kevin Hendon Hooker is that guy, like you look at when they finally put him in there. Yeah, for Tennessee, I think but, but I mean we'll Georgia still you know. be favored. I mean, I, I, of course, said, Georgia absolutely. be favored. Absolutely, Georgia's going to be favored in every game uh, on the schedule this year. It's I think how does that defense gel together? And again. You just got to accept the fact that it's not going to be as good as last year. Are the players good? Yes. But, I mean, you're talking about what a, a team that put together, what, six shutouts yes. uh, last which, year? Which is incredible. Didn't give up a rushing touchdown till what, extremely late uh, in the college football season a year ago? I mean, that kind of stuff just doesn't happen. I mean, that kind of stuff is just ridiculous and, and, and stupid from a, uh, from a stat standpoint, uh, Ben. So, I think uh, you come out and see how that offense establishes itself. And uh, as we've talked about a lot, if Stetson comes out, and plays the way he's capable of playing in this one. Maybe Tennessee, Auburn, Florida. If he can play big in those four games, I, I think Ben he's got a chance to have a trip to New York on the car. I'm not going to say he's going to win it, but I think uh, I mean full disclosure. People know this. Have listened to the show. You said Stetson about two thirds of the way through the season. You said Stetson should be on people's lists. Uh, for, for going to New York. Not that he's going to win it, but who's been more important to their team? He comes in, he settles the waters offensively, and I think uh, the fact that he's coming back for the encore uh, is going to be something uh, really special uh, to watch, however it plays out. Because most of the time, as you said, the advice out there, Ben, was, oh, you won a national championship. First time in 40 years at Georgia. Just ride. I mean, how many people were saying, Stetson, just ride off into the sunset, my guy? And he's like, no, I, I have another year of eligibility. I want to come back and do this thing. And if he has some good games in big moments, then I think he's going to be there uh, towards the end of the season in those Heisman watch lists. If, if, we, if we're looking at college football the way we're supposed to look at it, right? Blind taste test, we're not supposed right. to come in. Yes, we come in with our favorites based off the previous year, but that still should put Stetson in it. I mean, Stetson was, Stetson, he was, listen, I'm the quarterback on the last team standing. When I went up against Bryce Young, the first time I want to say Bryce Young was the MVP in the NC Championship game. When I saw him again, I was the MVP of the a national championship game, and I was the MVP of the, uh, of the, of the playoff game. And, and, and I think what happens is, Kevin, it's almost like we, 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 we don't give guys their just dudes because we've already made it up in our mind. You mean to tell me uh, Aiden Hutchinson was more impressive last year than Stetson Bennett? Aiden Hutchinson wasn't more impressive than Will Anderson. And I think that's the problem with it. It's almost like saying, oh, if we let Stetson Bennett come to New York, hey, dude, we're actually doing it right. Yes, that's what it's supposed to be. That's why I always say, man, I am a fan of college football players first, college football second, and my alma mater third, and those and number two and number three is interchangeable. Because I'm just looking at it as he shouldn't be penal. I would think that his genetics or the fact that he's not a big guy would, would only help him. I mean, Stetson Bennett, I guarantee you he's bigger than Kyler Murray. I guarantee you he's about the same size as Baker Mayfield. What did they do? They won the Heisman, the number one overall pick. They didn't win the national championship. And I, and I think that that's the problem, uh, Kevin. We get so fixated on, oh, man, he ain't 6'3", he ain't 6'4". Is his mom tall? No. Is his daddy tall? No. Well, where he get his height from? It's not going to just happen. 
I'm going to say this again. And I know I've said this on the show a bunch of times. I see young men. I said, listen. I said, listen, man. If your mama's short and your daddy's short and you tall, that ain't your daddy. I'm just telling you. You might want to question some things. The thing, we, we are judging Stetson Bennett off something he cannot control. But this is what he can't control. What he did on the field in a room that he's the only guy that ain't got five stars next to his name. In a room that he's the only one that wasn't recruited to come to Georgia. He's the only one that, that when they needed a quarterback, Kirby Smart said, hey, man, could you come back and help us? And since then, he's been the most durable. He's been the most uh, consistent. And dare I say, he's been the most important. I never said he was better than Jordan, than Jordan uh, Davis. I never said he was better than Kobe Dean. I didn't say that. I didn't say he was better than George Pickens. But take Stetson Bennett off the team. Kevin, from what we've seen, do you think JT Daniels is going to win it? I say no. I don't care what any, What would make me, outside of his Mississippi State debut, we had not heard from him since. Oh, I know who he is. He's in West Virginia. That's Get where he is now. Get ready for the backyard brawl, baby. He's going to take on Pitt and Keaton Slovis. Stetson Bennett, Bennett, in my opinion, means more to college football than just the University of Georgia because isn't is college football about the underdog story? I mean, I know people love Clay Matthews Jr. Yeah, Clay Matthews. Uh, that was a first round. That was a first round pick when he went to Green Bay. Guess what? He was a walk on at USC. He walked on, and I know he went on to have an incredible career, one of the, one of the top uh, Green Bay Packers of all time. But all I'm saying is, it's got to mean something to win the national championship, especially when you know I'm always second fiddle to every other quarterback in, in his defense that we was on. That he had for Georgia. I get that part, but uh, defense didn't play offense. And if you don't think they needed Stetson Bennett in that national championship, you better look again. They needed him to make every play and every throw. I know the season started with a pick six and it ended with a pick six, but it, but the pick six wanted against Clemson. It sealed it against uh, you know against uh, Alabama. I think if they're doing it right, they should they should give this man his just dues. Stop hating on the man because you ain't done what he's done. Because last time I checked, Bryce Young, he's a Heisman Trophy winner. He ain't never won a natty that he was the starting quarterback for. He was there with Mac Jones and him won it. And you know, Kevin, it's it's in the contract. Nick Saban does two things. One, I'm the highest paid coach. Two, I win natties with every, draft cl- with every uh, recruiting class. And uh, Will Anderson, Bryce Young, y'all up. Good May God bless you if you got to play Alabama <laughs> this year because it's going to get rough. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to, we could see Georgia Alabama showdown yet again uh, there in Atlanta. We've got more to come here. It is 3 9, including its cut days around the National Football League. The Jags are in the news. They've made a trade today. We'll tell you about that. It's 3 9 on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here on Three and Out, Ben, as we get down the uh, the stretch of the what's left preseason of the National Football League. You have cut day tomorrow. Teams starting to go ahead and release guys. And in the case of the Jags, they traded a guy. LaVisca Chenault, and reading up some of the quick uh, kind of reaction to that, this is a guy they were probably going to cut uh, just to get down under the number. And as they said, it's a guy you didn't have in your plans. You got something for a guy you were going to cut. That's a dub. Uh, if you are uh, if you're Jacksonville, so these are kind of the guys that are, are floating around out there, Ben. And you mentioned Sony Michelle got cut by the Dolphins. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're the Falcons, and say, how do we feel about Damian Harris? How do we feel about? I mean, I guess Tyler Algier, you drafted him, you're going to stick him around. But like, how do you feel about your run game? There's guys like that floating around. Uh, out there now that you've hit the uh, the cut mark, if you can get a guy for cheap and, and help support your roster, this this is the uh, this is the harsh reality of the National Football League. I know, I know that I know it's going to hurt our own BJ when he realizes that one of his favorite players, Avisca Chenault, 
has got to let go because he was a game. No, he got guy. traded. Got traded. I'm sorry, yeah. got traded. Uh, and look, I, I give I give uh, I give the Jaguars a lot of credit of trading him. Obviously, they traded him out of the uh, out of the AFC to the NFC, but they traded to a team that's definitely going to be able to utilize what he does. Lavisca Chanel is a guy that you know you could do a lot of things with, but he has a, he has to have more of a focus on him. Real similar to what. Uh, Atlanta did with Cordero Patterson, except at the wide receiver position. They want to get the ball in his hands through 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 a you know through a you know through like sweeps and like uh, screens and different things. But he was an odd man out. Can we talk about it? We get to saying Zay Jones, big contract. Christian Kirk, big contract. Marvin Jones uh, was a key contributor last year. Ever Ever Ingram. Then you start talking about James Robinson. Then you start talking about you know uh, Travis Etienne. It's only so many balls to go around. Lavisca Chenault was the odd man out, and to keep him from having to wonder where he's going to be, he's going. Listen, he's going from Jacksonville to Charlotte. That's a quick flight. He's still in the South. He gets to go from now. He gets to go from Trevor Lawrence to Baker Mayfield. At least he's going to be, uh, you know, a key contributor. A guy like Sony Michelle. It is a head scratcher the most, most. But when you think about what Mike, what Coach Mike Daniels is trying to do down there, Mike McDaniels is trying to do down there in uh, Miami. Look, you you got to be a focal point. I mean, with Tua and you know, uh, you know, and and, uh, and Waddle and Tyreek Hill and what those guys and. Uh, you know, and Jaseki. They're gonna have a big time offense. He didn't fit in the he didn't fit in the plans. When you are a when you are a veteran trying to trying to catch on with a team, just like just you know, you got you gotta be able to go out there and show flashes. You can't just blend in with the rest of the team. You gotta show why we brought you in here. I do think Sony Michelle will land on the team because winning two Super Bowls, uh only going into year like number four. I think number five, he still has a lot left in the tank. He's only 27 years old. I think he still can go out there and be a key contributor. This is the thing, though. If you are a running back and, you and you know, and just say you've been in the league four or five years already, I don't see you getting five-year extensions anymore but two, three years. I mean, you see it now, Kevin. These guys are getting three-year extensions, right? Four-year extensions, which, which is really a three-year deal and an option. But LaVisca Chenault. Uh, we, we talk about Laquan Treadwell. He got let go. A former, another first-round pick uh, out of Ole Miss that didn't make it in Minnesota, was able to go to Jacksonville, try to resurrect his career, and it just didn't pan out. I hope these guys land on their feet, and I hope people stop thinking that everybody's going to get drafted, develop, ball out, get a new contract, go on to be have, have an incredible career. Sometimes you become a guy. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he said, look, whoever wants to pay me, and we was looking at the all-time passing yards, he's on it. I mean, he's put up some big-time numbers at the time in the NFL. It's how can I contribute? But, Kevin, I know we're talking about LaVisca Chanel getting traded and LaCroix Trailwell getting cut and Sonny Michelle getting cut. They are not the only big names that is going to get let go because when it comes to camp, you get cut for one or two reasons. One, you cost too much. Right. Or two, you're a rookie. And a lot of times you don't know if you cost too much. You really, really don't know. When uh, Keyshawn Johnson was back with the Carolina Panthers, he was he was actually working for NFL Network, or he was working on television doing the spot. And when the second round pick came up, it was Dwayne Jarrett out of his USC. He's all, oh, come on over, Dwayne Jarrett, man. We'll take good care of you. No, that was your last day as a Panther, right? I mean, I'm just saying, Jamal Anderson, he's working the draft. The the, the Falcons come up, they get who? T.J. Duckett, running back out of Michigan. Said, oh man, they got a running back. Yeah, that was Jamal Anderson's last play. You know, uh, you know, last down as a Falcon. Football, baseball, basketball, young, cheap. How young can it be? How, how least amount of money we need to pay them? That is every league. We pay you when you are unavoidable, and if we can't avoid you, we will. Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick. Where is he at? On team number two. Sam Donald, second overall pick in that same draft. Where, on the same team, dealing with an injury. I'm telling you. 
If they can avoid from paying you, they're going to do it. But LaVisca's and all, congratulations to you, sir. You, your NFL career continues to keep going in an offense that I definitely think they can find a way to get you to rock. Sony Michelle, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, you can land on the squad. And like I said, Kevin, I think Atlanta should be calling him right now because you are getting a former first-round pick who's playing motivated football for, for, uh, for, uh, for veteran minimum. Well, I mean, at this stage of the game, obviously it's about 17 weeks, but you, t- you, you take a chance on a guy like that. How quickly do they get up to speed, Ben? You play, let's just say you play preseason with the Titans. They cut you. You go to Atlanta a week before the first game. How quickly are you up to speed on what's going on? How, how quickly do you think you can contribute if they made a move like that? <sighs> it just depends on the offense, and it depends on what they're asking me to do. Kevin, a playbook takes – Look, learn, learn, learning a playbook is one thing. Being familiar, like, and getting comfortable with it, that's everything. It's not about learning it. I mean, they could tell me what I got on certain plays because it's it's really the same plays, just different terminology, different route combinations. But I want to be able to know it. I, I want to be able to know it. There, there were times when I was with the Titans that they used to tell us, do what he meant, not what he said. Because you got to think about a quarterback. I'm the quarterback. I got to, I got to listen. I got to get the play. I got to get the formation. I got to call the play. I got to look at the, I got to look at the hot. I got, to, I got to go side adjustments. I got to go, I got the audible out. So sometimes he may call a play, and we have to do what he meant. Because if we come out and we, say, you think I'm gonna come back to the play and say, but Stephen Matt called it wrong. He gonna say, what did you just say? <laughs> so I, I think that that's the thing, but. The longer you are in the National Football League, the, the more you understand this. When you first come out of college, you are learning plays, what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to do it. Once you've been in the league, you learn concepts. I'm learning the concept of a play. So Devontae Adams said that. He was getting interviewed. He said, look, man, I got to know every – that uh, Josh McDaniels offense is very, very, very complicated. I got to know I don't play the X. I don't play the Z. I play all of them. I play all three positions at the receiver, at the wide receiver position, and I got to know what everybody's doing on every single route. That way, the defense can't key on me because I'm in the slide. I'm on the left side. I'm on the right side. I'm coming in motion, and that's what makes the best players is the be- the smartest players are usually the best players because they understand the concept of plays. Could I have picked it up? Yes, but I think too, Kevin. That's why veterans get a chance to to, to get the B camp casualties and get laid on with another team because they understand that they don't take it personal. It's a business, and people be thinking, hey, man, you're supposed to get drafted. You're a first-round pick. How are you on another team? Hey, man, hey, hey. look, I was there with Dexter Jackson when App State beat Michigan in, 2000, in 2007. He was a second-round pick uh, by, the, by, the, uh, by the Bucks in 2008. to Tlaib was the number one overall pick. He got cut after a, li- a, a year. It's business, man. We, don't, we ain't got time to wait on you. Yeah, the higher the draft picks mean the higher the signing bonus. That don't mean you're going to be there. And uh, to those former players who online talking trash to uh, fans talking about uh, trying to trying to tell them your resume, please find something to do. You don't have to, man. When people say things like you only played seven years, are they serious? Like, do they know do they know how incredible that is? So please stop trying to go back and forth with somebody who's sitting behind the keyboard in their mama's basement, uh, trying to not make a lot of noise because <laughs> mama just got off work. Stop, stop the cap. You don't have to prove yourself. Go out there and make the best of your ability. Because, like I said, Kevin, it's gonna be some big time names get a chance to land on some land on some uh, land on some big time teams. Because, hey man, I need veterans that can help me right now. And if you can if you can be uh, if you can do it by committee and you can and you can come in for the cheap, hey man, we got a place for you. Yeah, gonna be interesting to see what uh, Atlanta tries to do. They've got to get their roster down. Now, they haven't made. They're one of the few teams up in that hasn't made any moves of note today. I know the Jags. Had like six, seven guys uh, that they that they let go or cut, released. However, they did it. They traded Lavisca Chenault. Uh, but the Falcons have been relatively quiet. They have until tomorrow, obviously, to uh, to get a lot of that stuff done. So, will be interesting to see who and what 
and uh, where they decide to uh, to make their changes on the roster. But uh, again, this is a Falcons team that, I mean, they beat the Jags. They won preseason game number what was it, one. Mm-hmm. I think there were some good things, but they obviously have a lot of work uh, been before they are uberly, uberly competitive uh, here. You know, no Marcus Mariota. He's obviously going to be the starter. Uh, defensively, I think what you we, we counted today, you ended the preseason with three sacks and 11 quarterback hits in three games, um, and none of those from a guy that's going to be making any kind of se- serious contribution uh, on the team. I mean, that's tough uh, to, 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 to paint a rosy picture going forward that, hey, we're going to be a team to contend with, and we really did, even against backups, we really didn't do much against anybody as far as impress defensively. Yeah, and Kevin, the harsh reality for Atlanta is they got to understand it's a week-by-week process. Listen, don't listen. Listen, don't look too far down the road. We know you, there, aren't, there aren't any lofty expectations when you talk about Flowery Branch, when you talk about Atlanta Falcons, because right now it's, you, got a, you got Marcus Mariota who's trying to resurrect his career, a guy who was the second overall pick to who? Jameis Winston, who's also in, a, in the, probably the best situation in the, in the NFC South when you look at what they gave him with Alave and Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas you know, and Alva Kamara and so on and so forth. So if you are Atlanta, take it play in, play out, game in, game out. Go out there and try to be able to rush the pass on third down, try to be able to extend uh, – to extend drives on third down. If you are on offense, try to find a way to get the ball to Kyle Pitts in the red zone. You know, uh, Drake London, I mean, can you go out there and be the, uh, the top the top pick in the 2022 20, uh, draft as far as, like, receivers go? And if you're on defense, man, y'all got to play as a unit. Y'all going to have to play as a unit. That front seven is going to have to play above and beyond, you know, what they thought they could do because it don't matter uh, if you got A.J. Terrell and company, you know, uh, you know, uh, and Hayward and company, because it's not gonna matter if you got really, really good cornerbacks. If we, if the, if the quarterback just sitting in the pocket playing, playing catch, it's gonna be a long day. And that's not even Kevin. Think about it. When it comes to pass rush, down there 31-32. When it comes to stopping the run, down in the 31-32. So their defense is bad in in all spectrums of the game. They're gonna have to get. Uh, I don't know if you get better just because the season is among us. But uh, I just think that when you think about this Atlanta Falcons team, they're going to have to figure out what they want to be. The hardest person the hardest person to feed is one staring back at you in the mirror. They're going to have to tell the truth of what they're seeing. Because, Kevin, you know the eye in the sky <laughs> don't lie. It's and it is done. coming very, 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 very quickly. We've got more to come here. 912-342-7184, your number to join us. It's 3 and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. College football week one is here, Ben, and a lot of folks counted down to those big games on Saturday, Georgia and Oregon. Of course, Florida, Utah, a Utah uh, team that, again, I picked to make the college football playoff. Uh, they obviously need to have a big win, and Florida seeing one of their their formers uh, going to get the starting nod at linebacker there for Utah. But a big game there for Billy Napier right out of the gate, Ben, and you know we talked about it with Brian Kelly. I mean, I think Florida fans are – maybe patient with Billy Napier, but they're still expecting a lot given the hype, given the interest. I was like, look at what he did at Louisiana. He should be able to do that here at Florida. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, night game. Uh, you get the, you get the, you know, uh, Pac-12 champs in Utah. Big time quarterback, big time tight end play. They got some, they got some, uh, they got some, uh, they got some run stuff as that defensive tackle. Really, really good that the linebacker position, even though Devin Floyd, I'm happy that he's moved on to greener passes with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who might be the best linebacker in this uh, in this uh, recent draft. 
But, I mean, Kevin, it's going to be a real test. I mean, it goes back to what I said about, you know, these teams saying, hey, we want to know what we have out the gate. And the reason why they want to have big-time talent out the gate because it used to be a time where you get two or three games before you get into your schedule. Nope, you get right into your end. Certain teams get into their uh, – and get into the uh, conference schedule first games of the year. So, Florida, you're going to learn a lot. You you already know Montreal Johnson coming over from Louisiana. Uh, you know, Osiris Torrance coming over from Louisiana. You know, you get you know you get Trevor Etienne, the brother of Travis Etienne. I mean, you're going to get, uh, you know, Lorenzo Lingard, Naquan Wright. I mean, you're going to see what Anthony Richardson is made of. You're going to see Justin Shorter. Uh, you know, you're going to see uh, Pearsall, big-time receiver coming over from Arizona State. You're going to see Whitmore. You're going to see, uh, you know, what his offensive line can do. But, you know, when you start talking about, you know, Javon Dexter, right? I mean, we start talking about Brenton Cox and Ventrell Miller and Trey Dean and, and Jason Marshall. Uh, D, you, got a, you got a veteran defense that can't, they can't blame it on Ty Grantham. And if you are Florida, no one cares who you run out there. You are the University of Florida. Like Kevin, once again, I, I look at a blind taste test. If I'm just going to the game and they say Florida versus Utah, regardless of what I know or don't know, I, I'm going to say, where's the game at? If the game is at Florida. Oh, I'm going to pick the Gators. That's regardless of what you – and Utah gets criticized because of uh, who they are, not how they play. No one knows where Utah is. But guess what? <laughs> they run it through – not only did Utah run through the Pac-12, they beat, right, Oregon twice, and they almost beat, they almost beat Ohio State. So they're, they're a fabulous uh, football team. But it's one of those – and they're not a Johnny come lately. It's just – it's Utah. Okay, play with them you want to. Those guys are gonna come in. They want to establish the run. They got a dual threat quarterback. Uh, they got they got a two headed monster at the tight end. Both of their tight ends ended the NFL draft, and both of them took their name out because both of those guys they got they got a, they got a, you know they got a U tight end that really really shifted about six one six two about two twenty. The other one about like six four six five about two forty. So they guys they can go out there and run. It's gonna be a test for everybody on that defense, you know. So Ventrell Miller and you know uh, you know uh, Chief Borders and and uh, Derek Wingo. But I want to see how good this Florida team is. And like you say, Kevin, the good thing about the first game, over-exaggerate, you know, underestimate whatever you want. The season's not one loss in the first game, but you already know, Kevin, it's almost like we, we, we can't wait to go, oh, my, we are living and dying with every play, every series, every quarter, every situation. That's why I can't be on Twitter. Not during these games. We have lost our mind. I mean, you can. it's like you're watching the game. Oh, my God, we didn't get it on 31. Oh, my God. So, But I, I will say, Billy Napier, we were looking at the top – the, the top 10 highest paid coaches, I think he's number 11 or 12. And he he has a coach down. So I know that Chip Kelly, not Chip uh Brian Kelly, uh, is the third highest paid coach. He has a coach down in the SEC. Well, um, you know, a guy like Billy Napier, $7 million, like 7.1, 7.2, that's a lot of scratch for a guy that's earned, earned it from what he's done. But you know how it is, Kevin? It's what you do, not what you've done. It's what you're doing, not how you go in the process of doing it. I know he has built an army. If you haven't seen the Florida, uh, you know, I mean, they uh, caught a lot photo. of flack about that. It's like y'all got more staff than coaches. You got players. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. So you know what Alabama's doing? We gonna need 200 coaches because Florida got 150. <laughs> but at the same time, he's looking. Think about this. Imitation, right? You know, it's flattery. I get it. But emulate is the hardest thing to do. What are the best? What are the best programs doing? Analysts for every single position. Uh, position coaches for every single position and quality control coaches, assistants all over. Clemson does it. Ohio State does it. Georgia does it. Alabama's doing it. Who's trying to emulate it? Florida's doing it now. Miami's doing it. Why? Because before I can beat them, I need to emulate what they're doing. And then I start, and then I start stockpiling ta- talent. He's done – Billy Neighbors done an incredible job on the uh, recruiting trail. 
But one thing he has, Kevin, I know we get to talk about the quarterback play. He ain't, you know, Bryce Young and Stetson Bennett and Hendon Hooker and Will Levis, right? And, uh, you know, and K.J. Costello and T.J. Finley and on and on and on and on and on. He got Anthony Richardson. So as far as, like, upside, he got a guy that can flat out do it, but you got to prove it. The greatest thing about sports is update your resume every single day, either through practice, on the playing field. He's going to have to show it, Kevin, because, number one, I had a chance to interview him. I said, listen, man, you from Gainesville, you, you play quarterback, you went number 15. Sir, you don't lack confidence. You at number 15 at quarterback in Florida, you better be something because you know they're looking for that thing to be retired ASAP. But I think they got good at shot. It's in the 7 o'clock in the swamp. I've heard that uh, Utah is trying to emulate humidity. Let me tell you all something. You want to emulate humidity in the South? Let me tell you how you do it. You can't. You cannot do it. Make all your clothes wet I don't and care go run outside. We're going to sit outside and uh, we're going we to do, go different spurs. No. In the, in, the, in, the, in the South, if your AC go out, you got the windows down. Woo! <laughs> Woo! All of it. You're trying to drive fast, and only thing blowing in your only thing blowing in your car is hot air from the outside. Good luck. That's the, but uh, I, but the, that's the uh, the two by sixty five uh, air conditioning. I just, I I just know that, like you said, Kevin, there are no Mulligans anymore. This oh, give him a year to figure it out. Nope, you can blame Dan Mullen for that. Dan Mullen, say what you want about him, back to back New Year Six Bowls. It fell off again. It fell off a cliff after that. But hey, man. It's not like you in bad hands. A new $85 million fully, a football facility, uh, a top, I want to say a top 10 recruiting class already for 2023. You bring it back, Anthony Richardson, Javon Dexter. Uh, you bring over Osiris Torres. You got Brenton Cox. You got Trey Dean. You got Jason Marshall. So you got a bunch of guys, all ACC, the first and second team, with Osiris Torres being on a All-American team. No excuses. It don't matter who you got. Last time I checked, I never ever thought that Kyle Trask was going to be a Heisman Trophy finalist. He was, and they was hating on him, but it <laughs> happens. And so, you know how it is, Kevin. When you go to big-time programs, no one cares. Like, you don't, you don't lose. Well, we didn't get no, – no, no one cares. Got to go out there and get it done, and uh, we'll see. Because like I said, Kevin, the game's going to be over at 11.58, so it didn't go into Sunday. <laughs> and I'm gonna have to wait till the next day to, to go to the box score because yeah. I'm gonna do my I'm ben, trying to ben see. Better be sitting there it. going, uh, can't do it. If it's going bad, you might have to say <laughs> you know, step away. Hey, we got more to come. It is three and out on this Monday, all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Great to be here on this Monday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Glad you're making us a part of your day. Braves off tonight. Uh, they come back home against the uh, the Colorado Rockies. Ben, three games behind uh, the Mets. I know a lot of folks saying, look, you had your opportunities against a good team in St. Louis. Mets lose, you lose. Didn't really have a chance to make up ground. Still three games back. Still within striking distance, but obviously it's important that you continue to play well as much as possible. I think to put pressure on the Mets also to go out and play well and the Mets to go out and beat teams that they're supposed to beat. And uh, the closer you get to mid-late September, ask any team. The harder that becomes if you know, look, we have to go out and win to secure up what we want to do. Not to say that, you know, good teams still don't win, but you put the pressure on them uh, to continue to win while you're out there doing your thing. Yes, Kevin. And and this Braves team, they understand. They understand the task at hand. You got, you know, you, I mean, you know, I know you still got the, you know, I know you still got the troublemakers and Grissom and Harris, but, you know, Riley and I, what, with, with all this going on, I mean, I don't know how close he is to coming back, but I see that Ozzy is you know, steadily making his, making his way right. back. And I, 
when the Braves lose the good, the good teams, I don't want them to lose. But if they lose the good teams, it just shows that, look, man, the same way you guys are trying to keep pace, we're trying to keep pace in our divisions as well. We're trying to – the Cardinals are a team that has postseason aspirations as well. But I still know this Braves team knows that, look, we can't – yeah, they, they might have let a series get away from We I know that was the talk of the weekend. You can have lapses in, you know, in play, in judgment. you got to make sure you take – because – I know this is the B.J. Bennett coming. Every single game helps because, you, you I mean, Kevin, I think you uh, said it to us, if you like if the playoffs started today, you want to do your best to win this division because it's a much easier trick. I, I hate to use the word easy and playoffs together, but the fact that you control, you know, we, you get as many home games as you can have is only going to help right. you because that, look, man, that National League is rough. You get in the playoffs, it is rough. I don't care how you get in, but – I do think this Braves team still got uh, some good games left. Is, is it going to come down to the stretch? Some could say, outside of just certain series this year, uh, the last month of the regular season of baseball, when you talk about teams trying to position it, it is about as good as it gets. Because, I mean, I don't, know what, I don't know what's being said in the locker room, but I'm pretty sure, hey, guys, come on. Because what we do now has a lot to do with our level of familiarity and comfortability when we come playoff time. And the good thing about Atlanta is you expect – and well, I gotta say this, even though uh, shout out to shout, listen, shout out to Von Grissom, saying, "Man, I almost got drafted by the Mets. Yeah. I would have been miserable." I, I and he's had a little comeback to earth uh, moment. I think he's struggling a little bit, and that's the thing I think you worry about with the Braves is a lot of these young guys haven't struggled a lot. Do you have that comeback to reality moment at the worst time? Again, nobody expects Von Grissom to hit 400 for the rest of the year. You expect there to be an adjustment period. You hope it's not too terribly long. As you come down the stretch here. I think that's where Austin Riley comes in, right, to be able to talk to Yvonne Grissom and tell him, look, I had to deal with my struggles as well. I got called up at an at a, at a inopportune time just like you, but just like you, I had to be able to earn my spot. They didn't give me anything. It went from, is he ready to be the everyday third baseman? Do we got to put him in, you know, do we got to put him out there in the outfield to get him going? Now I'm the everyday third baseman. If you want to make sure that you are on the Braves roster in 2023, you got to go out there and earn it now. The thing about this Braves team, Kevin, that you can appreciate is, is what you say about, is what you say about, you know, uh, you know, Ricky Pitchers. If they go to the postseason, if they're good enough, throw them in there. Why? No greater experience for a pitcher in the postseason. Everybody's watching. The pressure is on. And we gotta, you got to show us that you can do it when the games matter the most. If you're a Grissom, they say, look, it's great what you've done. But don't get too comfortable. you got to earn it every day. You don't got the same stripes on the wall as Ronald Acuna. You don't got the same stripes on the wall as Dansby. You don't got the same stripes on the wall as Olsen and myself. I don't got as much stripes on the wall as Olsen because he's been in the league longer, and he replaced Freddie Freeman. I don't got as many. So when it comes to Grissom, I think what he's learning is, hey, man, this is a welcome, uh, you know, uh, great environment to get better in. But understand, the pressure is here. And just because Snit ain't yelled at you like he could, don't get it to ask Ronald Acuna. He benched him, which lets you know, look, you're a great young talent, but be very, very careful of what you say in the media, man, because everything is clickbait. Every single thing. And guess what? If you might you might be you might be ready to get your ribs ready, we got to play the Mets again. Cause they heard what you said. And that's the thing about baseball, right, Kevin? It's like, hey man, we gotta test them ribs. Sometimes it ain't because you stare down a uh uh it's because you wanna talk trash. You think you got something? <laughs> Uh-huh. And because it's so late in the season, I don't know if the bench is going to clear because, hey, man, we didn't clear when they hit Acuna. So, you know, you got young ribs, man. Drink you some milk, put you some Epsom salt on it. You'll be all right. I I just think that, yes, Kevin, while a slump can happen, I just I just hope it, it doesn't happen on a, on a – I, I just – I hope it's not elongated. I hope it's something – hey, look, 
You got to earn it every single day. Go out there. Show us what you do with your gloves. Show us what you do with your bat because you brought this unnecessary attention, man, because people put a mic in your face and, you know, don't, don't, listen, don't let the, don't let Michael Harris meows get to you <laughs> because while we want you to be who you are, we also want you to know you got to learn how to be a pro too. We don't, we respect every team we play and you want to talk trash, beat them. We can talk trash in the privacy of the locker room when nobody can hear. When they put their mics in your face, be professional, you know, uh, you know, be considerate. But 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 no matter what, be humble, man, because it's gonna come back to bite you. Not necessarily with the Mets, them other teams we got to play. They saw that kind of stuff too, and the last thing they want is to get you know uh, to get uh, you know made fun of or you know look bad by a rookie. Absolutely. And again, Braves off tonight. We'll see if they can uh, you know kind of refresh themselves and uh, get ready for the home push because you're coming up on September first, uh, coming up on Thursday, and that's it. I mean, that's the push towards the postseason right there. And you certainly don't want to get left uh, playing in those early rounds. That's the whole, I think, impetus of winning the division right now is you don't want to get stuck having to play more postseason baseball where anything can happen. Those short series in in Major League Baseball where people say, look, you know, you still got to go out and do it. I mean, a best of seven, I think the best team wins. Look at the three-game series in baseball. The Dodgers got did up by the Pirates. In a short series at one point this year. I know you can say, well, postseason's different. No, it's not. It's played a little bit differently, but if you get good pitching, uh, you run across the wrong team at the wrong time, and all of a sudden, you find yourself in a bad, bad way, and that can happen to anybody out there. Appreciate Matt Smith joining us here on 3 and Out. we got a couple more of these to go as we come down the stretch here of 3 and Out. We're so glad you're with us. Uh, shoot us a message at Pigskin Radio on Twitter. We're streaming live ESPNCoastal.com uh, as well. And we'll see you tomorrow all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Again, right here, uh, ESPN Coastal on Twitter and more. Appreciate you stopping by and making us a part of your day, especially in these last couple of days here with us on 3 and Out.